they play the same game. If you don't start a bad attitude, cut it to No one's going to recruit you. I'm a ball player. With a jacked up attitude. They share the same dream. You'd love for him to play at USC like you did, right? No, I'd love for him to get a good education. I don't know why I keep hoping you'll grow out of this tomboy thing. I won't. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> That's not funny. Damn. You don't look half bad. You either. How about a little one-on-one? And what are we playing for? I score, you strip. Take it off. Take it off. Oh, all fair in loving basketball, baby. There's only one way to be successful at anything, and that is to give everything. Coach has us on 11 o'clock curfew. I can stay a few more minutes. I'm sweating. I'm sorry. I don't have it easy like you, all right? There's no red carpet laid out for me. And ain't no way some soft freshman is taking my spot. Uh, Monica, it's Be there. If I stayed, I wouldn't be stark. Well, at least you got your priorities straight. Look, I'm entering the draft. I'm going pro. So that's it. Just forget about you and me. New Line Cinema presents a story about the passion it takes. I never knew anyone loved ball as much as you. To keep your dreams alive. I've loved you since I was 11, and it just won't go away. This spring... I'll play you. One game, one-on-one. For what? Your heart. All's fair in love and basketball. All right, y'all, welcome back to CBN Movie Night. I am your host, Rain Coleman. Uh, This podcast is a carefree black nerd movie club where we review and critique movies, both nostalgic and current. And today I have with me Miss Nicole Banks of A Pod Connection and Let's Keep It 100 fame. Uh, And today we'll be discussing one of those classic black films. I don't know if you've heard of it before. It's Love and Basketball. (laughs) So go ahead and uh, let everybody know who's on the the mic with me today. Hey, it's your girl, Nicole Banks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually really excited for this. I normally (laughs) don't do um, guest spots like this, so this one is like really exciting for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Look, (laughs) y'all, exclusive. (laughs) But no, but thank you for coming on. I do appreciate it. I, um... When I wanted to do this film, when I first thought of it, I, I pretty much, to be transparent, I know a lot of dudes. And I didn't want to get a guy onto this episode to talk about love and basketball. That's not, I just didn't want that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so when you rose your hand or, or, or uh, responded to the tweet, I was like, okay, good, I got to jump on this. <laughs> so thank you for coming on. Um so diving right in, loving basketball. Give me your—I don't know—your your first interaction, your your first uh, thought of loving basketball. How did you feel about this movie? Yeah. So honest. So I'm gonna I'm keep it 100 as I normally do. Um, <laughs> it wasn't. It hasn't been really high like on my black cinema um, list. Yeah. But I do remember liking it. You know what I mean? I remember like scenes from it. Um, I've seen it, I'd say at least five times since it came out. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I, I always kind of just thought it was like, uh, okay, you know, I I was on the fence because like I see people saying like, oh, this is like a classic, and I, so I don't know about yeah. all that. 
Uh, I don't know if I agree with that, but it's a. I think it's a really good love story for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay, good deal. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, Love and Basketball is uh, a movie. <laughs> it is a movie from uh, what was it, two thousand actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this film, Monica, played by Sanaa Lathan, and Quincy, by Omar Epps, are two childhood friends who both aspire to be professional basketball players. Quincy, whose father, Zeke uh, Allstate, I'm going to say his real name, uh, <laughs> plays for the Los Angeles Clippers, is a natural talent and a born leader. Monica is ferociously competitive, but sometimes becomes overly emotional on the court. Over the years, the two begin to fall for each other, but their separate paths to basketball stardom threaten to pull them apart. Um, this film, again, was released in 2000, actually April 16th in the U.S., uh, Gina Prince Bythewood, I can speak, uh, is the director and wrote the screenplay. The movie made about $27 million at the box office uh, with producers of Spike Lee and Sam Kitt. So, <laughs> this, was, um, this was back in the day when we had, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I remember it being, like, a kid back then. So, that was about... The time where we get the Martin and the Liver singles and uh, the black uh, TV shows. But then we kind of, were we going on a decline of like representation in that primetime spot? Or was that, what, mm. I feel like. Um, I, yes, I agree with you that it was, a de- it was sort of like a decline. It was, the movie came out in 2000, even though I feel like it was, yeah, it was. It was depicting like the late 80s. Yeah. 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree with you that it was kind of, I guess, the decline where we were like dominating. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there yeah. was a period where we kind of like we even had like our own network. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we were like dominating for a while. But I feel like it was more of a time where maybe not decline, but maybe like black stars were kind of getting different opportunities. Yeah. Kind of. I don't want to say crossing over, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. More I get like it. opportunities for them to be like not just in in black. Mm-hmm. Movies and black TV shows and yeah. stuff like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. You said that better than what I was thinking. <laughs> um, so yeah, listeners, make sure you use that hashtag CBN Movie Night or CBN Movie Club when listening to this episode. Um, and and follow along, answer the questions that we have, ask um some questions of your own, make this an interactive experience. So with Love and Basketball, about. How old were you around that time? Like, where were you in your life? You don't necessarily have to give an age, but like, where were you in your life when this movie came out? So, I'm older. So, in 2000, um, I had to be in my early 20s because I already, 2000, my my daughter, uh, both my daughters were born Mm -hmm. already. So, yeah, so I was like in my early 20s. Um, I was living in North Carolina. Um, Yeah, 2000. That was like a good a good year yeah it was like a really good year i, I remember <laughs> other um movies and stuff that came out at that time and then i remember um the movie itself had like a lot of black actors that weren't necessarily all known at that time mm-hmm. well not they were known but maybe not big yeah like they got bigger a lot later on you mm-hmm. know what i mean so yeah. that um, was definitely like the jumping off point for, for those people, some of those people in that movie. Yeah. Um, one, I want to follow that through. So, for me, uh, I was actually, I believe, in the 7th or 8th grade back then. Mm-hmm. And 
it's you you talk about the black actors that maybe were just getting started or just getting recognized and it's yeah. so funny being in a space of blackness where you're constantly surrounded by whiteness so that what you just said for me didn't even register i was like oh that's sanaa lathan that's omar like these are people who i was just used to seeing not yeah. thinking on the larger scale maybe that's not the case that and and i've recently thought about this on I'm going to do a uh, Black Lightning podcast, Black Lightning Matters, with co-host Cole Jackson of Government Name Fame. And Chris Williams, who was an intricate role in Living Single, is the main character in that show. And a lot of times when I'm watching him and I'll see tweets and people are like, oh, this guy is so good and such and such. And it's not that I'm a diehard stan, but I'm like, do y'all not know this man has history? <laughs> like, <laughs> he ain't just, you know, this comic book persona. Like, this man has history and that's um that's very interesting that they were getting their start back then but then in my adolescent years all i saw was these black movies the wood deliver us from eva uh even though bring it on isn't but gabrielle union made it a black movie two could play that game um loving basketball love jones so this stuff that i was used to seeing in my own household kind of had me insulated in this blackness where that is news to me that they were even just getting started yeah, and that's, that, you know, that's very interesting that, you know, as, so now that we're talking about it, I can see how that is, you know, especially with our age difference and mm -hmm. like how you view things and how, you know, I may have viewed things. Um, I don't, I mean, it was kind of the norm. It, it's not like, like in my parents' day where like it wasn't the norm to mm -hmm. see like so many black actors in one movie, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because it was really like a lot of people, um, in one movie, you yeah, know I mean? like like people that we know now to be like stars, you know what I mean? Yeah, Daniel Union, Omar Epps, um, Sanaa Latham, um, and then you know, I can't remember her name, but um, she was a main character on um, oh my god, the mom, the lady that played the mom in the movie, uh, Alfred Woodard. Um, no, not Alfred Woodard. Oh. Um, oh shit, yeah, um, Ease Bayou is where I go first. Um, yeah, but she was in the she was in a soap opera. Yeah. Uh, she was in a, in that soap opera for years. But anyway, and then the guy from, you know, the from all state. Yes. Um, you know, so there was a really a lot of um great black actors in the movie and I think around that time it, things were like like I said before as far as like kind of like transitioning into being black people just like in more like pop culture yeah you know what i mean so for me it wasn't like oh wow like all these um black people like in just in this one movie it was more like okay like you know mm -hmm. it, this is a black love story you know what i mean like no big deal you know what i'm saying and yeah. what i realized watching it again this time and doing a little bit of research i didn't know at the time that spike lee was a producer of this. Yeah, neither did you i know, like a big you know huge um, black director, you know what I mean? It's direct. I mean, I'm not direct. I'm director, but he's producing this movie. You yeah. Know what I'm saying so. I don't know. I think when you look back, you can see how instrumental that was and how important that was. Um, no. in the production of this movie. No, most definitely. And it, and it, that's another thing that, as taking it back to comic books, for somebody who grew up reading comic books, you look at the art, you look at the story, but. When I start getting a bit older and appreciating 
the actual creative team and i'm like okay i've been reading this for so long and like why do i like this so much i like this art style now i'm realizing okay now you have to figure out who is this artist okay chris bachalo is the artist now follow his work and it's the same thing with this film like you said i had no idea spike lee was even involved with this film mm-hmm. watching it as a kid was a great story to watch but going back as an adult with these older eyes like who's the behind the scenes people who has their hands on the making of this film because a film is more important than what you see on the screen. If the people behind the lens is not are not representing the people on screen, then the story is not as authentic. So I, that blew my mind as well. Yeah. Um, and it's Debbie Morgan is the uh, Debbie Morgan. Yeah, yep, that's her name. That whew, when I tell you, yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I am a fan. <laughs> and she was and let me for a minute give a moment of silence, moment of praise to Debbie. Morgan, when I tell you, this woman, every every time she showed up on screen, I was like, I just, her acting, her aesthetic, um, the evolution of those wigs, and I know that sounds a bit silly, <laughs> but watching them, because this is essentially a period piece, watching them evolve and seeing so many of my aunties and god aunties and, and grannies and folks, and like seeing, even Alfred Woodard, seeing how they changed these women's looks, because they're the same actresses who started from 1981 to uh, 1993, and just seeing that evolution of women who were older they were not the conventional cw 20 to 23 year old this is a certain look oh man she did that she did she did first of all she's gorgeous as hell she's a beautiful beautiful and them big old dimples Mm -hmm. um and like you said the aesthetic like she just she was playing the role of like a a, um i I guess well to do yeah mother right Mm -hmm. Um, yeah she did that she really did and i was so used to like i said i'm older so i'm used to seeing her on um, all my children yes that's exactly it Mm. all my children so i'm used to the role that she i was used to the role that she was playing um, on that show, so to see her doing something totally opposite, mm-hmm. um, she really acted really, really good. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And I think overall, this film was simply amazing. Um, there are some things that I take issue with, but it's not anything more than I would take issue with anything else today or mm-hmm. back then. And for something that was from 2000s but set in the like late 80s, early 90s, I think, even though I was a kid back then i think a lot of it feels very true to that time much like i think the wood did a good job of that as well um how do you feel like the aesthetics from starting at 1981 and then slowly moving to 1993 did they kind of capture the carefree black kidness the clothing the did you do you think they did a good job with that yeah, I think they. I think it was spot on. I really did, especially when they started to move more to the '90s period. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the clothes that they were wearing, and then the music. Like the music really, really hit. You oh know? Lord, yes. Uh, they were playing like Guy and Rob Bass mm-hmm. and you know um, Johnny Kemp. Like those were the songs that were it at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved how like when they started off and um, they were they were kids yeah and he was like you know uh, like one of the first scenes he was like you know um do you want to be my girlfriend or something yeah. like that she was like okay <laughs> he was like well i think we got a kiss now <laughs> yeah yeah that was so, that was so cute it and was innocent. and it's like you know you can think you can remember times like that in, in your own childhood you mm-hmm, know what i'm saying mm-hmm. 
You know, no, I, I certainly agree. Um, I enjoyed everything about the kids scenes, uh, mainly because I love seeing black child actors, even though Kyla Pratt is like a couple years younger or older than me. <laughs> but I enjoy seeing black children act on screen. Uh, right. good, bad, campy, or whatever. I love seeing that. And I forgot to do this, but I meant to kind of look up the the um, young actor who played Quincy and then the two boys, because they weren't in the film past the childhood years, but to yeah. see what they were doing, uh, if they were still acting, because I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Um, let's see. Kyla, I thought they did a good job of... Um, incorporating her bruised chin so that the mm-hmm. older Sana, her actual kind of mark on her face, that fit. Um, right. Yeah, so let's talk about the the moms. So uh, Monica gets knocked down playing basketball. Then we get introduced to Alfre Woodard, the mother, and then we get Lena, who was played by, oh, God, not the child. I don't know the child actress's name, but the adult Lena is... Candy from A Best Man. What is her name? Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, um, how could I forget? Uh, and I'm kicking myself. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Regina Hall. God, yeah, I'm it. about to say, you know, people going to be screaming for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> no, yeah. So, I really enjoyed this scene. Uh, it was a good introduction to the family. Personalities were, were front and center. Um, the father... Oh, oh, and I want to. We'll kind of get to him a little later, but I like the the differences in the black families because again, black people do not exist in a vacuum. We can be different. I do like that there were clear, distinct differences between Quincy's family and Monica's family, specifically their parents, Mm -hmm. and how they're both in this space of like a certain tax bracket. I would assume, but they're so totally different. So it's not all bougie black people and they act this way um i don't know can you speak to that especially with the majority of these actors in this family being women mm-hmm. um yeah I, I like the different dynamics of the families too i thought that that was very intentional um that they did that you know that they made them so opposite mm-hmm. um and yeah especially like in the first scene you can kind of see where um they're trying to show the point that, you know, these women's lives um, are so different, even though they do live in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Even the kids go to the same school and, you know, what have you and how the difference between um, even uh, uh, Monica and Lena, you know, the, mm-hmm. they grew up in the same household. But, you know, they're so different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying yeah. um, the fathers, the fathers were like so different, you know. Um, so I really appreciated that, too. Um, and, and I'm with you. Like, I like seeing just. um black families families and like you know it doesn't have to always be the same type of story you know mm-hmm. what I mean? like if they weren't trying to show us like no struggle story you mm-hmm. know what I mean? like these people were middle you know what i mean like they were middle class like yeah they had a, you know a good good life from what it seemed like they were trying to portray you know? god yeah so i appreciated that too no for for sure i um there was uh recently uh, at the time of this recording this year, but at the time of the release last year, uh, Harriet came out. And there were other films that came out. And even with watching the show Black Lightning, um, we fall into this space where there's a lot of what I see pretty much as torture porn. Um, I think mm-hmm. there's a there's a place for these stories and they are important to exist because we have a very specific experience in this country and in the world. But I don't like that 
a lot of that is what we're getting. Um, yeah. I think Harriet's story is very important. And it's not to say that that movie shouldn't have been made. But when you get a 12 Years a Slave, you get a Harriet. And then when I'm watching my comic book TV show, and though just to be black and exist is political, like every few episodes you're getting beat over the head with a murdered black boy or mm. this black man of power getting his ass whooped on camera by some white police officers. I say all that to say that getting back to just a simple story of a, a, a chaotic kind of romance and a father with infidelity and a, and a high, not high strong, a kind of bougie mother and raising children like that more grounded, simple, just let's have an entertaining story is yeah. missed. <laughs> yeah. I appreciated that. You know what? I didn't, re- cause I watched it again, obviously now for, um, you know, for us to, for yeah. oh, me to review. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that it was one of the few times where I saw a, a black mom that was a stay at home mom. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just feel like that's something that you don't really see mm-hmm. a lot. You know, it's always like single mom type of thing or, you yep. know, just whatever. But, she was a stay. Quince, I mean, not Quincy. Uh, Monica's mom was just a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, yeah, and I and I like how we address that later on between her and adult yeah, Monica. Yeah. That because I and the funny thing is when I decided to kind of review this film, the reason being is because we've gone into a new decade, and I was like, okay, let me kind of look back at films over the last ten years and then the ten years before, and let's see where. I don't want to just pick a random film. And Love and Basketball being released in 2000 was a very black film. And it was a film that I didn't remember as much of that I thought I did. And so when we got that conversation among other scenes, I was like, well, have I even fucking seen this movie? I mean, I have, (laughs) but it was so much going on that I was like, oh, this. And this is kind of the point of me even starting this series is to revisit some of these black classics and sprinkle in some superhero stuff too. But... Um, revisit these black classics or these black mm-hmm. iconic films and to see one if they still hold up and if they don't why and, and see where their place is in the pantheon of, of black films um, not to necessarily mm-hmm. rank them like this is better than this but yeah. look at the talent that because we have digital streaming services we have moved on from CDs and DVDs we got Blu-rays and, and hell you can probably in this year you might be able to just stream it into your eye what what may be lost, you know, because of the rights to certain stuff. Because I think um, taking it kind of to the music side, I think Aaliyah's uh, discography is not accessible on streaming services, I think. So it's like, that what? Is, well, that used to be true. I okay. think something just came out that actually next January, January mm-hmm. 2020 is going to be available. But that had been what it was for yeah. years. And, and, and that's exactly it. Like, if you don't have access to these things, it's not like having a VHS tape from before, bootleg or store-bought, and being able to just pop in your favorite movie. We, we're not in that space anymore. So right. I think it's important for films like this, regardless if you like them or not, to be revisited. So you remember, Kyla Pratt wasn't just um, in one one. Was it one one? Um, yeah, so. yeah. Well, y'all know what we're talking about here on UPN. Yeah. <laughs> she's, you know, she's done a lot of great things. So, okay, but I digress. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so in this film, who do you think may have had the best story arc in this film? would be Monica uh-huh. but um, I actually like Quincy's story too yeah 
Um, yeah. I actually really like his story too, mm-hmm. um, and how he evolved and you know kind of came to terms with things later on about his his own family. Yeah. Um, you know he was so used to being you know the star. You know what I mean mm-hmm. in school and how how that changed for him and yeah. So I think him. I think his his um, arc was pretty pretty interesting yeah i actually agree um being a black boy growing up a black boy (laughs) and being raised as an only child for a very long time i saw a lot of myself in him uh a lot of his uh attitude uh and not necessarily bad attitude but just attitude overall uh i think that they did a really good job of showing that yeah he's the only child he is and then not necessarily that he was selfish but some of the things he well some of the ways he (laughs) there you go handled certain situations in his older years i was like that was me i've i've been that guy so (laughs) i think him coming out on the other side though monica's was great as well i think i just i i um imprinted more on him and his story because it was kind of more similar to my own so that's oh man um i was going to say something about the mothers one i think alfred woodard did a damn good job um i want to speak on colorism because again going back to what i said before a lot of this torture porn and this like angry inflicting movies and properties i love that that was never brought up I love that Alfre Woodard was a dark-skinned mother. She had a light-skinned daughter and, a, I guess, brown-skinned daughter. They had a high-yellow daddy. And even with Quincy's family, <clears throat> though all of them were a bit darker than Monica and her sister, they still were varying shades of blackness as well. Right. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that that wasn't a plot point that, oh, her mom's dark-skinned and she's jealous of her light-skinned daughter and such and such. It wasn't a, It wasn't some... That wasn't a, a, a point of a plot point, so I love that. I love right. that. Right, or or you know, sometimes they'll do like the main character, like you know, whoever her adversary is, like that per, you know, that girl is like white right. skin, and that's who she's, you know, in competition with. Yeah. Whatever. So yeah, you're right. Oh man, yeah, <clears throat> I I really I really enjoy that, and I like that, and I feel kind of hypocritical to say I'm glad I didn't bring it up, but then bringing it up, watching it, seeing Alfrey in a role that probably would have been regulated too if they were going to focus on um on 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 uh colorism or race would have been a lighter skinned woman it would have been because she's the and i'm and forgive me if this is incorrect or insensitive but she's the more soft-spoken demure um uh a feminine Mm -hmm. housewife like she's the way she's coded being dark skinned and having black features but then very much Stepford wife in a sense yeah that, that's why that character was so intriguing like you said and she did a really good job at it and her story was um, really good as well because yeah you don't like I said you don't get to see well you don't normally see like you know a black stay at home mom mm-hmm. um, like you said she she was very um well, they throughout the movie they kept calling her prissy, or she kept yeah. calling herself prissy, and yeah, you could see that, you know. But very feminine, like you said, very soft spoken, um, kind of put herself, you know, second to her family. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. You know, you just you don't really see that a lot. I loved it. I mm-hmm. I freaking loved it because I I think everybody and their mama, black, white, orange, green, or whatever, has that one 
I'll say it, bougie auntie. And though mm-hmm. she wasn't necessarily coded to be bougie, because I thought with her husband working at a bank and her staying home, I didn't take them as this snobbish couple. I took them as she is what she is, very, right. like we said, stay-at-home mom, kind of, you know, more feminine and maybe kind of traditional. And he was just like a regular yeah. guy. It didn't feel like, oh, this is my Jay-Z and Beyonce. This is my power. <laughs> it felt like this is a nice family man um and lena i loved her i wanted more i know the story wasn't about her but i wanted to see more of big sister lena Mm -hmm. um in my head i've been conditioned through comic books and comic book movies and everything i'm thinking okay i want this like extended universe where we watch lena on the outskirts of this story and watch her go to college and date and meet a man and have a baby like for whatever reason i wanted (laughs) i wanted more of her now that you say that that makes sense and i agree with you because they really could have they really could have especially you know like we mentioned before as far as them you know growing up in the same household but their um their personalities and everything and you know just their experience seem to be so opposite yeah i think it would have been very interesting to see because being that she was more, I guess they were trying to portray that she was more like her mom. Yeah. I mean, more, she cared more about her looks and, mm-hmm. you know, a family and, you know, meeting a man and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. It seems like Lena cared more about that stuff. So I just, it would have been interesting to see, like, um, what her story was beyond yeah. just being, you know, Monica's big sister. Yeah. And I honestly think in this day and age of reboot every goddamn thing, that would be an interesting, and I'm going to just say it, a Netflix series where you get eight yeah, episodes I'd of, yeah, <laughs> like for, and let a, let black woman, black women be behind this damn project. <laughs> and, and, and I would really like to see this same loving basketball story told, but from Lena's point of view. So we only get the fringes of her meeting her friend who she eventually sets up with her sister for prom or yeah. homecoming, you know, just and meeting the man who she had the baby with and going to co- So I don't know. That's my, uh, my nerd brain working overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving to the second quarter, we get, uh, I believe from 81 to 88. So they're approximately 17, 18 years old. And this, I don't know how was like girls basketball when you were in high school, but this very much felt like what it was when I was in high school. Like they mm-hmm. were, we were just as excited in my um, school for the girls teams and games as we were for the guys. Yeah. Uh, that's what this felt like to me. This felt very familiar. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think around that time, um, WNBA was really was popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't seem like force, like yeah. you know what I mean, like a oh, women playing. It didn't feel like that at all. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I really like this portion of the movie, like when they were in high school. I, yeah. I really like this portion because, like you said, it just felt very authentic. Um, it felt like. Um, Especially like when they introduced Gabrielle, you know what I mean. Like you can, it yes. just felt very authentic. Gabrielle's character, Gabrielle Union's yes. it felt very authentic. Like she was the girl that, um, because it's almost like Monica was was not taking him for granted because it's not like they were together at mm-hmm. that point. But I think in high school she was just starting to really see like, oh, he's like kind of the man. You yeah. know what I mean? And if I wanted to, like, I'm the closest person to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have access if I wanted to and she's kind of just figuring out like 
oh yeah like i want to you yeah know? um so i really i really enjoyed the, the this quarter when they were in high school yeah no no i i agree and i did in piggybacking off of what you just said i don't think we get a lot of that with women in fit now we could and listeners if we have and i've missed some Please tweet me, Carefree Blurred, use that hashtag CBN Movie Night. But I don't recall us having, I think it would have been easy to just have that be reversed, where the guy is like, oh, she was just that nerdy, lanky girl from next mm-hmm. door, and now, oh, she's sexy. And I, I, I like that because it's kind of turning the expectation on his head, much like with Alfre Woodard, like we said before, the, the dark-skinned mother with very black features being this kind of softer housewife. Um, for me, you, you turned it on his head as well, where you, it could have just easily been the other way around. Yeah. And that's how I'm used to seeing it. Um, you mentioned Gabrielle Union's character. I was thinking, and, and I may be wrong, maybe right, but let me know your thoughts with Sanaa Lathan's Monica character and having this kind of developing feelings for Quincy and then having this um, antagonist who I felt like was a more extreme version of her own mother, a dark-skinned, beautiful, um, feminine girl who is shady and catty, and you you as Monica recognize this, but it's like Monica's stuck in this space where no matter what I do, I'm just not good enough no matter what. I'm too emotional on the, on the courts, y'all say. And then with the romantic life, even though we aren't exclusively dating or dating at all, I'm getting this pressure from my mom who's <laughs> telling me, you'd be pretty if you did something to your hair. And then you right. got a bitch that's like my mom, naturally, who's like my number one kind of villain in a game that I'm not even playing. I'm not even mm-hmm. vying for this man's love. But if I were, you... It, it, there's something there that I don't know how to wholly unpack, but I felt like Gabrielle was an extension of her her own mother. I can see that. I can see that, and I and it's like bringing out that rebellious part of you, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, you don't want to give in to it. You know, like if you give in to, okay, yeah, let me be more feminine. Let me try to do these mm-hmm. things to you know get his attention and this and that. Then it's like you're not really being yourself, right? Where you could still kind of feel maybe it's 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 unsaid between them that yeah he you I think she felt like he does have this attraction to her mm-hmm. but maybe just not willing to go there because you know she is so emotional and so strong and, yeah you know she doesn't care well pretending like she doesn't care about anything mm-hmm. basketball and you know whatever whatever so she was in a very like precarious situation during that time it's like damn like you know he is this good guy Mm -hmm. you know i have all these feelings for him and everybody else is saying he's fine and trying to get with him yeah and this and this this. but it's almost like i felt like she felt like she would have to give up a part of herself Mm -hmm. um to give in to him you know and that's the one thing like we'll be see later on she felt like her mother yeah did all the time like gave in gave in gave in and she looked down on that type of thing you know Mm -hmm. so that's why i think for a long that's why i think it took her longer to like, just give in to this love. Like, just feel it. Just yeah. be happy with it. Be comfortable. It doesn't take anything away from from you to love somebody. You know right. Right. And I, I, I love that. Um, and I'm happy that you're here discussing this because I remember watching it. And I remember the feelings I got from it. I didn't remember every scene. And this in particular, I was like, well, why doesn't she just such and such? And I'm like, well, yeah. I, I'm not. I've never walked in those shoes. So I don't. 
I can I can understand now as an adult why that makes sense everything you just said but as a kid I was like yeah just be like your sister just brush your hair and it wasn't yeah. like you 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 would be better it, for me as a child it wasn't you're less than because you don't look like her but I was thinking if the stress is your mama mad about this and this girl's pretty just be <laughs> like them I was like I don't understand why won't you but being a queer man even though I'm not a woman I understand compromising yourself for someone else and what that means for you and then add on top of being an angsty teenager with these outside antagonists from school and then this kind of internal one at home and then even having your sister where again I can't 100% relate but I've had friends where I'm like damn everybody looking at this nigga what the fuck we wear the same type of clothes and shit so you know I I get I, I like I liked her story more than I remembered liking it. And I, though related to Quincy as a only child and a black man, Monica's, she went through hell, goddammit. She did. She did. Now that we are, now that I'm revisiting it and we're talking about it, I can see more how I related to her. Mm -hmm. You know, being, she was always um, being chastised with being too emotional and passionate and you know, standing up for herself, and you know, I, I'm that way a lot too. Sometimes I just go off the deep end, because, mm-hmm. and it's not even that necessary. But it's like I, I don't want you to take advantage, you know. Right, what I mean? so right. I kind of like pop off just so yes. you know. And then, and the um, I think the part about her giving in to like just love or just you know the pressures of just whatever. I think she realized that like, well, I, I realize I feel mm. this way and that once you do it the first time, yeah. it's expected. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and I feel like she felt like, listen, I don't want you to think that I'm going to, you know, choose you all the time over basketball. Or yeah, choose oh. you over all the things that I want. You yes. know what I mean? Like, and she said that actually early on when they first met, like, I don't have to do what you want. You know yes. what I mean? Like she said that very early on. So mm-hmm. she just was standing up from for herself from the beginning I think like you said it goes back to the relationship that she had with her mom and feeling like she just didn't want to be that way you know like just kind of giving in to someone else and putting their needs before your own all the time oh yes golly yes you you hit that um because Jesus Christ this and again and I'm not a black woman so I don't know that I I don't understand fully of course but I've gotten to a point now where I am a I'm more critical of everything that I watch because, um, and I'm going to take it back on a quick tangent. When uh, Bird Box came out, it was a good movie. It was, you know, it was a good brainy Sunday evening movie and I liked it. And I said, okay, I like this movie, but something does not feel right. There was not one black woman in that film. I didn't realize that until after I watched it, and then I was pissed off. Yes. I'm like, wow, look how they brainwashed me. I don't even realize that I, ain't no black. Yeah, I was, <laughs> fam, look, I was so um, kind of mesmerized by Travante Rose, just in the sense oh, that this yes. black, <laughs> this this black man is in this film, and he's not necessarily the lead, but he's very adjacent to the lead. And they had a lot of other faces like B.D. Wong, who I love from um, uh, Law & Order SVU. And I, I like seeing him on Twitter, the Asian guy, the therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it wasn't until cl- almost the end of the film, I was like, where the fuck are the black women? And right. because, like we said before, when I was a kid, seeing these people on screen was just the norm. So I didn't know that this was some of their new first or earlier works. Now... 
looking at different um shit, I almost forgot what I was going with that. Looking at different um films and properties and such, when I don't see black women in these films, it it bothers me. And it bothers me because you're singling out or excluding rather an entire population that has so much power from spending power to influence from word of mouth my auntie in florida can have a friend who can say and recommend some stuff that gets to my cousin in california and my auntie ain't yeah. even talked to her and so watching um watching this movie and seeing the different um how do I say different expressions of 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 black women from the tomboy that was Monica to the uh, quote unquote prissy mother that was Alfrey and even Lena who was kind of the neutral in between to freaking Shar mm-hmm. Jackson. I I I don't think we've gotten anything like this. I think cl- the closest that I can think of is maybe Insecure. Um, I'm sure there probably are others that just don't come to mind, but I say all that to say that as a young black man watching and consuming media, it took me close to 30 years to start focusing on where are the black women mm-hmm. and not feel like I'm being selfish. Like, well, you know, at least as a black person on film, like I had to really come into where are the black women? It's not enough okay. to have, especially when the story does not, when the black woman's presence does not hurt or help the story. Bird Box, you could have put a woman in a wheelchair. You could have put a black woman. You could have put a woman with alopecia. It would not have mattered more so because of the story. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's even more of a reason to put that diverse cast in there. So in all of the world, no black women survived. (laughs) Um, I digress because I honestly forgot where I was going with that. I got real mad for a second. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, yeah, so black women, period. Uh, we we get Shar Jackson. Uh, we get this. Uh, oh, no, no. Remember, I'm sorry to cut you off. I no, was trying ahead. to remember who, when she showed up, I was trying to remember who that was because she looked so familiar. I couldn't remember. Shar yeah. Jackson. Okay. Oof, man. I, that woman right there. And wasn't that Kevin Federline's? Uh, didn't she date Kevin Federline? Yes. And mm-hmm. he uh, brought that woman down. Hmm, but that's, yes. that's not the show for that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what do you think about this film overall? If Do you think that had it been made beat for beat today, let's say in 2019, 2020, the same film was made, but it, the time period was, let's say, uh, 20, 2009, 2010. Do you think this same exact story could be made and still... I mean, of course, you would have cell phones and such, but do you think it could be made and be successful? Yeah, because I think... I think it. Mm, I'm on the fence. Now that I think about it more, I'm on the fence with it because I think the I think the film itself has a cer- certain nostalgia mm-hmm. to it. So I think that's a huge part of the the story itself too. That is kind of looking back and it's like a like you said a time piece, a period yeah. piece, or whatever. Um. So so maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. But but at the same time, I do feel like after I finished watching it last night. And, you know, because I had the feeling of memory before going into this that it was just, eh, it's just the mm-hmm. festival. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. really think it was like no classic film or anything like that. But as I was rewatching it, I was like, wow, this this story is really good. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. story is good. Um, the way that they, you know, filmed everything, I oh, thought yes. was really good. The yes. actors were good. Like, it's a good, it's a really good movie, right? And then the mm-hmm. other thing that I thought was, 
you know, we call things like a black film, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Obviously it is because it's the most of the cast is is black. Yeah. But I was wondering like, what if it wasn't like, what if it was, you know, like Mm. a white family, you know what I mean? Like, Mm. but but I still feel the way that I feel like this is a a good movie. And I think, yeah, Yeah. the storyline was just really, really good. You know what I mean? It it just made sense. It fit. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like, oh, that can't really happen. Mm -hmm. Like everything really felt like, okay, yeah, I could see how this could happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, and, and and going right off what you said, I can I absolutely see that there were a few comments made, and I think the one I'm, that's most um, in the front of my mind is when Alfred Woodard, uh, when the two moms met, and uh-huh. Quincy's mom was like, "Yeah, that's something, something about the black people from down the street became the black yeah. people next door." Like taking that line out, like I think it would have been the exact same film if things were white characters, Asian, Mexican. Right. Uh, I, yeah, so I think to your point, yeah, I think this is that makes it for me. It makes it a great film, and it makes it a it makes it a good black film, but it makes it a great film because you can't mm-hmm. easily swap out the races. Hell, you can even make it a mixed race family, and I think it would still read the same if the actors right. were talented enough. Right, I agree. Yeah. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, this is good. It oh god, this movie took me back to high school. The entire time, even in the adult years. (laughs) Oh, um, so Quincy's father is Zeke. Uh, Allstate is the big man on campus. (laughs) He played for the Clippers. He was, and I think he did well when this role was, um, it, it was jarring because I'm used to him from 24 or the Allstate commercials. So having him be this kind of, uh, I don't want to say aggressive because I don't want to. I think that's kind of a well. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of accurate, but he was very um, forceful. He was very matter of fact about a lot of his um, teachings. And mm-hmm. when we find Quincy being disappointed and let down later on, uh, right. Sana says something like, "What he's done doesn't change the I can't, who kind he of like, was to you, yeah, or what he's, yeah. yeah, what he's been to you, or something like that." And I absolutely love that because leading up to that particular point in the film. He's just a, I, I'm just going to say a strong black father. He's just, that's just what he is. He happens to be a ball player, but hell, if he was an accountant, I feel like it would be the same person. Right. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. I really, man, this, I think I like this movie more than I thought I did. <laughs> I think I did too, actually. Like, I, I guess that's what I'm alluding to. Um, I realized that I had it a little bit low on my list and I had to put it a little bit higher mm-hmm. up. Um, because it because it was really good and um, yeah speaking on Zeke's character I thought he did a good job too um, of portraying you know a father that wants more for his son I guess and better for his son and doesn't want his son to you know go down the same path that that he went down which like you said that could be an accountant that could be you know a um, sanitation worker yeah. it you know it's not just because he was like a famous NBA NBA player or whatever mm-hmm. um, that's every father want you know you don't want your son to make the quote-unquote mistakes Mm -hmm. that you made but at the same time it's like he did have that um you know that past or Mm -hmm. you know currently what he's doing what so he he's not a ball player anymore but now you know as the story progresses he is a um, talent scout yeah so he's still kind of you know in the field and out and you know he's handsome you know what i mean and he Mm -hmm. has this past so they're telling us that you know women are still throwing themselves at him and stuff so 
on the outside still being that family man, um, but you know, still wrestling with the mm-hmm. things that he's t- basically telling his son to stay away from. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's probably one of the best teachers. You you can't make all the mistakes of your own. You got to learn from other people's mistakes too. So right. you know, um, while you were talking, I realized. This film did a really, I I feel, a expert job at giving everyone three dimensions, at giving everyone a story. Because even though I believe uh, uh, Monica's father and Lena were the two that really didn't get a fully fleshed out story, but I feel like the father's story was told through... Alfre Woodard's character and her kind of monologue in the kitchen and Lena's story was sprinkled throughout like like Monica's existence in contrast to Lena's kind of told her story yeah true I I there this movie (laughs) they really did that because even the stuff that comes later on with Quincy's father it was just it was alluded to but like you said, he's doing things where he's on the road, so you could you could kind of be like, no, nah, maybe that's not it. Once yeah. it's confirmed, that one argument plus the kind of speech he gave Quincy in his dorm room later made for a full backstory for his father that you didn't have to do a flashback to do this. It was told, it was expertly told, I felt. Because I yeah. got it. I got it. Yeah, I agree. I think they, I think they could have, like we said about Lena, they could have went more into um, Monica's father too. Mm, you know? Yeah, because I'm sure that there's something there with how you could tell just how he's how he spoke to the mother, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of alluded to like what their relationship was like. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And um, I think that even though the mother's stories were different, they had similarities. Yes. Like they both gave, they both were in a position where it wasn't necessarily about them. It was, you know, the men were like in the front, the children, you know, in the mm-hmm. front, and like they kind of had to take, you know, a back seat yeah. to things. You know what I mean? And it kind of showed how they both sacrificed for like the, you know, the men in their lives. Yeah, which is that's a whole nother. And and if you could speak on that as a mother. Um, I, I guess however much or little as you want, but being yeah. the kind of first line of defense for your children and your family, like regardless to if you marry single, uh, in a couple or not, as we can see through these films, these women still, however different, their family was like the, I don't know what I'm trying to say, the kind of most important thing even before themselves like I don't yeah. I don't uh, if you could speak to that mm, I, yeah I mean I definitely can as as a woman period and then a black woman I should say a black woman first <laughs> and then a woman. Um, that's just you know what it is it's like you don't spend a lot of time I know for myself you don't spend a lot of time thinking about that because that's literally just what your experience is right Mm. like you you wake up every day and you're black and you don't spend a lot of time thinking about it because that's just what it is Mm -hmm. so like when you decide to get married um the dynamic of you know whatever you and your husband's or your partner i'm sorry relationship is Mm -hmm. that's just what it is right but then when you add children it's like you you almost don't have a choice but to put yourself second you know what i'm saying now you could be a father's parent and still do what you want to do. True. But the moment you have children, it's like you are now second. You 
you know, everything that they need comes first, right? And then, and then if you have a partner as well, it's like, okay, well, damn, now you might come third. Yeah. Because your partner's um, needs and wants and you're trying to keep everybody happy. And, you know, a lot of times you hear people saying like, happy wife, happy life and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. But that's not always the case. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's like your your children and your partner and stuff, they have to be happy for you to even think about resting and doing something for yourself so so yeah i get that a hundred percent um you know wanting like she was saying like you know later on when they when her and monica had you know their their talk and she was saying like yeah you might see me this way and not respect what my role is but you know i i had to sacrifice i didn't Mm -hmm. have a choice i didn't have a choice but to put family first if if i hadn't done that maybe you wouldn't have been afforded you know this life that you've been afforded if if i didn't put my dreams and my you know whatever my wants and needs on hold you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying so obviously as a child you're not gonna you're not gonna see that and recognize that or respect that that your your parents or your mom or whatever has yeah. done that but that's like what we do man and and it's you don't get any credit for it yeah <laughs> you know what I mean obviously as we can see in the movie you don't get no credit yeah for being a stay-at-home mom and taking care of your family and like she said like y'all had three meals every day yes not everybody can say that you yes. know what I mean like yeah, my husband didn't have to worry about iron his shirt. You know, he's providing for the family. Why should he have to iron his shirts? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's no, you know, it's no credit in that. It's just that it is what it is. That's just that's just how it is. Oh wait, yeah this this movie sent me. I I went through a lot of different emotions watching this film, <laughs> and just with the mothers alone, and you know, not to. Uh, well, my mother passed, and a lot of the things that I saw with every woman in this film but specifically the mothers i was like oh my god there's a lot that even as an adult i remember seeing as a child and i can remember brief flashes and then now understanding and not just from the movie alone but the movie helping to bring back some of these memories where my mother did a whole hell of a lot for a very long time Mm -hmm. and not necessarily a regret but something that i feel kind of maybe slighted or upset behind is that I'm not able to then revisit some of these films like this or ideas with my mother as an adult and kind of talk them out. We talked and stuff before she passed, but like there is a definite no way to have this conversation now. And I'm just thinking like, man, the, if I was to sit down with her and watch a film like this, or even just talk about, oh, you know, when I was in the seventh grade, you did X, Y, and Z. Like, mama busted her ass for a lot of the time where there's a lot of shit that I just didn't realize was even going on. Um, So, yeah. So, that being my little PSA to say, uh, everyone who has their mother, speak to them. uh, Have, tell these stories. uh, Rehash these memories. Good, bad, or otherwise. Be more... um, uh, take advantage while you have the time and the space to do so. Assuming you have a, a good relationship with your mom, I'm not trying to trigger anyone. But uh, right. but yeah, that was just just something that came to mind. Came to mind, excuse me. Uh, yeah, yeah, just that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so Quincy, I do want to speak for a minute about his parents arguing. So we see as a kid, they were kind of love making in the next room while he mm-hmm. was preoccupied. With a flashlight and something, I think it was like a car. I don't, I don't remember, but he it was some toy or something. And then, as an adult or a um, high school student, we get the same setup, but it's the argument between his parents 
which yeah. leads us to believe that this is not the first time that this has happened. Right. Because he instinctively gets off the bed, puts on a shirt, climbs out of his window, knocks on Monica's window, and lays on her floor. Yeah, and she just, she accepts it. Like, this has happened last weekend. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's no big deal. This is just what happens when his parents fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, I enjoyed that. I liked that this movie, I didn't feel was overly sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because it's the coming-of-age coming movie of it all, but I'm just... I'm used to black people being portrayed in a certain way and um and then also the time frame because I first thing I thought of is oh they brave as fuck why aren't these windows locked but I've been conditioned <laughs> out of all the horrible shit that has happened to us over the decades that was right. a different time back then you could have your window right. unlocked but um but I did, I did enjoy that uh yeah. I think we got a good sense of their their friendship outside of the romantic stuff so I did enjoy that I did enjoy that um, let me see what else. Oh, so, um, let's talk about Monica's passion slash what they say is being too emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, this scene really hurt my heart when she was playing, and I think they this was like her last chance before the scouts were like done with the season, yeah. and you you saw her play before in montages and stuff but this scene we are in her head and we can hear the doubt the the way that she's kind of walking on eggshells in this game just her body language her mannerisms um one of the girls from the opposing team kind of shoves her a bit where that's probably normal in this game but because everybody is kind of beating you with you're too emotional you're over nobody's saying passionate i keep hearing emotional and She's not necessarily second guessing, but she's very hyper focused on how she appears to everyone else. Right. I hated that. I, I can, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I this that scene really spoke to me too. Um, because I feel like I deal with that same thing personally. Mm-hmm. Like always, because I I feel I view myself as passionate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I get you know excited about something or upset about something. And other people may view it as, you know, I'm I'm going over the top or I'm doing too much or whatever. But I just feel like I'm being passionate about it. Mm. And I know what that feels like to constantly have people, you know, just assuming that, like, you just have this hot temper and, you know, you don't know how to express yourself and you're just taking things, you know, too far. Mm. And like she tried to say, like, you know, if I, if I was a guy... Yep it wouldn't be the same thing. And shoot, we've seen that in life. We've seen that with Serena Williams. Like, yeah. you know, Serena Williams gets upset and yeah, she may, you know, throw her, um, her racket or whatever, but men do that all the time, mm-hmm, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just, oh, he's just really into the game. You know, yeah. he's just really upset about this loss or whatever. But as a woman, and then especially as a black woman, you already have that stigma that, you know, if you angry black woman, you know, yes. They don't know how to control their emotions and this and this and this. Or, oh, that's not ladylike. Mm-hmm. You know, just whatever the case may be. So, yeah. So, I I feel you on that. And, like, talking to yourself. Like, okay, calm down. You know, don't lose it. Mm-hmm. People are watching. You know, I, I, I really... That scene really got to me, too. Yeah. And, and even with the... I want to speak to the editing and to the camera work. Because we saw her playing and we heard her talking. But they mm-hmm. went to POV shots for a lot of that um, scene, which even kind of um kind of heightened the the stress for me because not only are we hearing you we're seeing you but then we're also looking from your point of view and we're seeing all this shit going on and can hear 
the stress that you're dealing, man. It was good. It was it was shot really good. Yeah. And you have parents being, you know, and uh, yeah, she she was under a lot of. We keep saying that, but it, it's just true. Like just during that time period, that's the second quarter, right? I, I like yeah. how they yeah. did that too. I want to mention that too. I like how they work <laughs> it up into quarters. I yeah. thought that was really cute. But so the second quarter of her life, I just felt like was very very strenuous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I, another thing that I uh, um I think I was tweeting this. I said this is a child. Like all all shit aside, this is still a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking if a person who's a scout is going to decline her because of her passion and and quote unquote emotion, right. she's still a child. You ain't about to tell me you've gone through all of the schools in California and ain't not one person, black, white, green, or otherwise, been upset or passionate or stressed or emotional, they're still 16, 17, 18-year-olds. No matter what, when they get to college, you have to kind of mold them because they're in a whole new space. And so that focus on you being emotional really bothered me because I think that coded language was, like you said, angry black woman or black girl who can't uh, control herself. Right, and and then also, I think it was really disappointing for her too when her dad kind of said the same thing. Like, because mm-hmm. you know he he seemed to be like her advocate all the time, mm-hmm. but then even he at one point was like, "Look, like this isn't you know you got to chill. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're doing too much, and you, let's maybe you should start thinking about you know other things." And that, and I know that was like really disappointing for her because like damn this is my champion right here and yeah he's saying you know so i could see where all that second guessing mm-hmm. um started to come in for her good lord children go through a fucking lot Oof. man listen now okay second psa listen to your damn children like yes. you may not agree yeah. with some of the shit they said but at least listen to them shit right. um and that for me as a creative was a slap in the face because you're telling me all this shit i didn't work all these man hours on not to say I'm going to be top number one at it, but I need to look at other stuff. Like this is I've invested all of my high school, elementary, and middle school career to this. Right. And now what you want me to do? Take up like, I don't know, home ec? Like what I is think, she supposed to do? Right. And I but I think people I think that's the difference between certain humans, right? Because I feel like something that Will Smith said, like to be successful, you have to have like that um it's like a one track mind type of thing. Yeah. Right? Like that that is the only thing that you focus on, right? Mm-hmm. And those are the people that are successful. So people that don't necessarily think like that or don't have that drive like that, they can't even understand that. They can't mm-hmm. even understand what it what it means to not have something else. Yeah. You literally don't it doesn't you can't think of something else because this is it for you. Yeah. You know? Um, and that drive and that passion is what fuels you. And, and when you're not doing that, you don't know what to do. You know, mm-hmm. but I think other people that are in that situation, like they just they just don't realize that. I think for them, it's, oh, OK, well, that didn't work. Let me move on. Yeah. But for some people, it's like there is nothing else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and hearing you say that, that makes 100. That makes total sense. Um, when I started my podcast, it was specifically to highlight black and people of color characters in comic books because i felt like with marvel and dc making all these damn movies and all this money if you had a black wonder woman has a black twin sister if you wrote more of her sister in the comics you could put her on screen and some black woman is going to play her and get that money and when i brought up the idea to a few friends they were like well is there even enough black characters for you to do that show for more than a year and though 
it may have been a bit snarky. I do understand where they were coming from. You, in the general population, in the the larger kind of um, zeitgeist of the world, people don't know that there is black a plethora of black characters. So when you get somebody telling you what, like her daddy said, you know, calm down. It's like. But this is what I'm passionate about. Don't right. don't fucking try to change tracks or try to just even though you're probably coming from a great place of concern and care, mm-hmm. it's still like no, fam. This is what I'm doing. This is this right. is the thing. So, ooh, uh, I don't know. Uh, um, <laughs> I um, so we get we get Monica getting ready for is this prom or is this just a dance? I think it's just a dance. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, um, it's just a dance. Okay, uh, yeah, because it's like a spring form or spring something. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's an excuse for black kids to party because I remember we had several dances that didn't make no damn sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do like uh, I like this scene as well. Seeing uh, Monica getting ready. Well, Lena told her I got a, I got somebody for you. I got a guy from my college and whatever. And then seeing her do uh, Monica's makeup and mom come in and give her her grandmother's pearls. And mm-hmm. like I, that was a very touching moment, but it was kind of sad as well. Um, because I forget the exact wording, but Alfred Woodard's character was like, yeah, you're you're beautiful. She said, oh, you really think I'm beautiful? She's like, yeah, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. But when my hair was in this ponytail, just, you know, a few scenes ago, it was like, do something with your head and you know it, it was right. it was a different story um yeah so i liked it too i like the interaction between um lena and monica mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate the fact that lena never said those things to her, oh, yeah. you know like lena never said like i don't know she just accepted her you know what i mean she just accepted that that's how she is but mm-hmm. okay yeah you know maybe all right so everybody wants you to go to the dance so you're going to the dance okay let me help you out you yeah know, it wasn't like you should be this way or you you know you gotta do this and this for that or you know and it's just like she just saw her she accepted her mm-hmm. you know she loved her and i like it i like that it wasn't like a um a jealousy type of thing going yeah. on like oh i have to be like my sister or mm-hmm. my sister's my competition you know it was mm-hmm. it was none of that it was just yeah we're different okay but here's the opportunity you know, when she was like doing her hair and stuff she was like look you just worry about your game you know yeah so to me that's showing like you you know your sister you accept her that's mm-hmm. her thing but she was like, "Well, let me handle this part. Right, you know right. Saying? Let me be there for you, also. You know. So I really like, I really like that moment between them. Man, yeah, same. I and and Lena was a joy throughout this whole film. Like she just, like I said, I think she was the very neutral point between the extreme of Alfred Woodard and the extreme of Sanaa Lathan's characters. I think <laughs> she was a a very calm center, even when she popped up with her own baby. It was just like, yes. She didn't really get aggravated, and not to say women can't be aggravated, but like she, she very much was a consistent. I don't know, light. I know this sounds kind right, of right. No, no, I agree. I agree. I, I see how they didn't even really they they showed us that, but they didn't go into it. Like I think that's the one thing that I'm gonna come from from this conversation with you is like this movie was so good, and mm-hmm. even the characters that they didn't mm-hmm. develop that much. Yeah. Um, they still made an impression, and you really could have a whole other story mm-hmm. from the characters that didn't even get that much yeah. um, airtime. You know what I mean? Yes. God, yes. I And with it being said in the 90s, I honestly, <laughs> back to my freaking uh, fan fiction, I just saw Lena 
going away to either some HBCU or some very nice college, I don't know, in upstate California and just finding a nice guy, joining a sorority, being this like all around nice girl and just like a wholesome um, story that I, we get with um, like Gilmore Girls. I don't think, now I remember watching that as a kid, but I don't think there was like murder and crime and rape and shit. They were like just wholesome seventh heaven uh, storylines right. of the week and I feel like you could have done that with this girl and it didn't have to be my friend gotta get an abortion and there was this date rape stuff and it like she felt like she had four years of just I'm an AKA I'm also in the black student union and I'm you know got my home girls and I support my friends I was like let me get that story because I don't think we've even gotten that that I can recall I don't. A sidebar. Mm. Can we do a sidebar? Go have ahead. We ever, have we ever had that? Like a, a. You said Gilmore Girls. So have we ever had a show that's like college girls just carefree, just living their life? <laughs> doing their thing not that i see i could i could make an argument for a different world but with that being oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, multicast yeah. but then that being the one um i don't know if you've seen spider-man homecoming that was the first film i think there was a um his love interest was this black well she was biracial in the film i don't know if she's black in real life or biracial but she was a black girl who was the popular nice girl on the debate team um came from a well-to-do family uh and but even her story because it's a spider-man film was not it was like um lena's where it was on the fringe of the film so i don't i I can so now we do right like um what's the show that was a spin-off of blackish Oh yeah, uh, Grownish. Grown-ish. Yeah. So is that is that kind of? I are think, they in college or is that high school? No, they're in college. I think that I think okay. we can make the same argument for that as well. That as okay. well. Um, okay. Yeah, I think so. So let me make a note of that. Grownish, uh, different world, and the side story <laughs> in <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I I think I want to kind of readdress that maybe in in a. A later episode and, and mm-hmm. try to figure I think out that's interesting though that's i think that would be interesting to look into no for real because that that is i can't recall that like we got girlfriends and but i yeah. don't think that falls in the same no because they were I, like i'm speaking specifically to like college mm-hmm. that's such an important and should be carefree time yeah and i didn't even think about a different world a different world was well was that i think i more so want to see it from not struggle perspective that's, right? and like, that's I what i'm hoping yeah just carefree you know i'm not worried about paying for tuition you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. like, that's that's kind of i want to hear that story and see that story now the closest thing i can give you to that that i watch on a uh weekly basis is actually not even a tv show it's a webs um a vlog there's this girl and all y'all check her out um kennedy simone she's a black girl Goes to Spelman. She's from, I believe, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And mm-hmm. she has documented her entire journey. I want to say she's a junior at the time of this recording. A junior at um, Spelman. And though it isn't a scripted show, I started watching her in the off-season of my job. So when we had the slow downtime, I just randomly found her. Mm-hmm. And she's a beautiful black girl. Comes from a nice, beautiful family. 
they have this in the size is subjective, but they have this huge house in Louisiana and her and her brother are just like a, a nice just siblings. Um, her cousin has been, so even though, and you know what? And let me take that caveat away because I know I'm speaking as if it's less than when I don't think it is because the way that media and technology is advancing, though, this is this girl's web vlog series. She's the producer. She writes the music. She mm. It's her life. So I'm going to treat it as a television show right. in some regard. But she, it follows her journey through her um, roommates. Um, it, it's, it's not really negative. She gives a lot of, oh, these are college tips. And this is what I did to get into Spelman. And then once she got here, this is what we do on the weekends. And she films herself studying. So I think that that would kind of fall in that space. That's awesome. But it isn't scripted. So I'll actually leave awesome. a link for yeah, Kennedy. I, please do, because I would actually like to look at that and follow, that, follow her. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, I'll definitely link her YouTube channel because I really, and I got into her because again, in another sidebar, when I watch YouTube and a lot of things I search, be it comic book shit, be it like uh, college stuff, be it just cooking stuff, I don't see a lot of brown and black faces on mm-hmm. screen. So when I yes. found her, I immediately subscribed and was kind of laser focused on her because I don't see a lot of that. And I share with my sisters and my nieces and nephews. And they were like, okay, look at this girl, whatever. But I um, I really like that she's... I don't know. I just like everything about her. So, And I think that falls <laughs> in that space of this carefree black girl that is just existing in this space. It's not a bunch of negativity. It ain't, oh, this bitch cut me off when I was driving. You know, um, one... one video whatever like her nails weren't done right and she was like oh well I, you know i go to the girl in such and such louisiana i went to her and this girl messed me up but even that wasn't negative that could have been mm-hmm. easy like fuck this establishment i ain't never going back but yeah so that's my little rant where um <laughs> but no i don't think we've gotten like a gilmore girls for black women or a ally mcbill well maybe molly's story on um insecure is kind of ally mcbill but yeah we don't have as many shows and properties definitely not a lot that we can that we can run off yeah yeah at all um that's interesting so then so yeah so they have the the dance and then they have their experience which mm -hmm. i thought um they did a good job at showing um you know kind of the innocence of them and right um how they were you know transitioning now into into adults Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. i think that that start yeah that that goes to the next uh Chapter, quarter, right? Yeah, quarter, yeah. Chapter, quarter. Yeah, um, which is them in college. Mm-hmm. And, well, they um, they had a their first sexual experience. Right. And, they, well, hers at least. I think it may have yeah. been alluded that it was his. Um, and they, they sleep together. And that is, she has her grandmother pearls on. I think that the scene was tastefully shot. It was very tasteful. Um, yeah, it's you got you got a, you got the point across of what was going on, mm-hmm. and though they were kids, I do, <laughs> I don't know why I like this part so much, where he, um, Quincy asked her like right after I'm assuming they first first like got into the act, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Do you want me to stop or are you okay?" It was something he said that was like, "Yeah, I yeah, like that they included that." Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, because I think it was a point to show, um, you know, kind of like the innocence. And I think, <clears throat> I don't, they didn't say it, but I don't think that 
even though he was very popular and all the ladies wanted to get with him and whatever, I don't think that he was just like sleeping around. Yeah. You know what I mean, I really don't think that. I think that he had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that wasn't his, if that wasn't his first time, I, I think it was. Um, I just don't think he had a lot of experience either. Yeah. And you could tell that he was um, very, you know, reserved and cautious because he knew it was her first time. Mm-hmm. But I think he was even thinking, or at least what I got from the scene, that he was even thinking like, do, do should we even really be going here? You yeah. Know what I mean? Like, yeah, we in a moment, whatever, whatever. But, you know, you're someone special to me. And I know that this is, you know, the first time for you. And, you know, like these other, you know, other mm-hmm. girls that are kind of just throwing themselves at mm-hmm. me like, like, do we really even want to do this? Because this is going to change everything. Yeah. Before we was just friends and like, yeah, the, the chemistry and the tension mm-hmm. was there. But like, do we really want to act on this? You know what I mean? So I yeah. think that they did a good job at showing like his reservation and hesitation. But, mm-hmm. you know, she was the one that kind of initiated. So, yeah, hey, why not? <laughs> and, yeah, and to your point, I think you're right that maybe he hadn't done it before because I think the existence of Gabrielle's character, I think she was to show that he wasn't. Because so, yeah. he said, yeah, I dropped her ass off. And she said, I was the stupidest right. Negro. So I think so. I think this this may have been his first time as well. So that yeah. was, mm, 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 come on, subtle storytelling. <laughs> um, shit. Uh, so we do get to the third quarter. And this is where I remember being frustrated with Monica. But... Mm-hmm. Because she was getting her ass knocked down, and that is more on me than it is on her. Mm-hmm. Because in my head, I'm like, okay, you done got here. You should be able to whoop these girls' ass. You should be able to do this, 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 and that. Though I just was talking about, oh, these are kids, and they're emotional. You got to train them. I was still like, why the fuck ain't she doing better than this? But there is a learning curve. You've been playing with high schoolers for four years. Now you're playing with the big dogs. So even I had to check myself like, no, this ain't going to be easy. You know, right. so yeah. She had a, confront- a confrontation like pretty early on. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as she got there, I didn't really catch. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I didn't really catch like what the issue was because I think it was more than just her being the new girl, but something about like she actually replaced somebody. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like animosity there. So yeah, like that. and that happened, and we didn't find it out till later on, which I thought was was interesting because you 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 go into it thinking it's just the girl. Um, right. It's talking about you ain't gonna, my freshman ain't gonna take my spot. And then later on, they get heated and the truth comes out. You weren't even supposed to be here. You yeah. were, uh, so-and-so got pregnant and mm. you took her spot. And I'm like, damn, even that, like, <laughs> you've made it here. You've, you've stressed and fought and you got here on your own merit just to find out that maybe it was your own merit plus the yeah. misfortune or not misfortune. A baby is a wonderful thing. Um, right. the circumstance of someone else. Right. Damn. That's heavy, right? Like, yes. he's saying it, but it really is true. Like, they really laid it on her. They really, really did. <sighs> this girl, I, oh, she didn't deserve, oh, <laughs> I, I was just thinking, okay, that happens where they're in the weight room. Oh, it, okay, another thing I want to point out, I love that these women were tall, muscular, mm-hmm. unconventionally attractive. And when I say conventionally, I mean what white media gives us because they were beautiful women. But I like that they did not all look like Sanaa Lathan. They did not yeah. all look like Lena. Like they, 
one, you're giving these women jobs. So make that money, black woman. But at the same time, it's like, again, more diverse representation of black women past skin tone and, and 4C hair. You getting a varying, like even um homegirl who she got into it with, I want to say that that girl was mixed race, but she was kind of black or she was yeah. maybe like Hispanic. So, yeah. she, I, I assumed her to be... Um like maybe white and black. I, I assume that. Yeah, same, same. Um, so I just, I love that. And I like that, huh, and I don't know if I'm thinking too deep or if it was intentional, but when they were in high school, you got a certain type of girl like Gabrielle Union, like Sanaa Lathan, like uh, Lena and the girls that were around there. But when you got to college, you got an even more varying level of not just color, not just body size, but like these girls were drastically different from what we saw kind of driving home college is a melting pot no matter what type of school you go to so, right, correct good 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 man oh I, I i think i'm putting this closer and closer to the top of my list <laughs> shit um i do want to get your take on this scene because i had this conversation at work a few times where monica and quincy are walking kind of arm in arm out of one of the buildings and they're very close. Then they reach a maybe pavilion area of the school and these two girls walk by them speaking directly to Quincy and they're like, oh, are you going to bring us the championship or something about him playing mm-hmm. basketball? Yeah. He acknowledges them and then him and Monica kind of break off. The girl's walking yeah. off and he walk ahead of her. Give me your, your, your take on this. So I think, so as it is a lifestyle change for Monica, it's obviously one for him too, right? Yeah. And like we said just a little while ago, um, the women in high school were definitely the same. Like, you know, um, throwing themselves, excuse me, y'all, I'm, I'm getting over a cold. So I sound <laughs> I'm congested. Um, the, throwing themselves at him basically, right? So now he's in college. And like mm-hmm. you said, this is a different type of woman. Um, you know, letting him know, like, hey, you know, if you wanted to, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's think about the fact that, like we said, like, maybe he didn't take advantage as much as he could in high school mm-hmm. of those opportunities, you know what I mean? But now it's like, oh, wait a minute, like, mm. hey, I'm, I'm older now, you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I've had sex now, and yeah, this is my girl, you know what I mean? But, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow, you know, it's, it's college, you know what I mean? So, but then we see, like, right after he kind of, um, mm-hmm. you know, grabs her and you know, they play, they embrace or whatever. And, um, you know, he's letting her know, like, listen, all these girls, you know what I mean? They don't yeah. mean nothing to me. Like, you're the one, you know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. the one that has my attention. You're the one that I love. And I know that that's just, I think he said something like, you're the one that I know it's real. Or yeah. Something like that yeah. he says to her. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. Honestly. He was fine. Now he's fine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's a star athlete or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, yeah. so I get it. You know, you can't expect that, um, you can't expect that women are not going to, you know, flirt yeah. with him and try to get with him and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. She knew what's up, but then her, her, her thing was just like, yo, I am standing here. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you see me? How could you? How could you respond to them that way while I'm standing right yeah. here? Yeah. You know. So I get that part too. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah, because I've I've had a few discussions with folks that were talking about, um, yeah, some girl talked to my man and I'm right here. She fuck her, he better not say nothing to her. And I was like, I honestly don't know where to fall on that because if she speaks, then he speaks back. Yeah. But should he also say, Hey, Tina, by the way, this is my girlfriend Kelly. Like, I don't I don't know how that 
I honestly don't know how that should play out. I just know I've heard well, of. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. You're off. fine. Um, I was gonna say that has actually happened to me. I've I've been out somewhere. Yeah. And, um, I was I used to date this guy. And he used to do like this comedy um showcase, right? So yeah. you know he used to do this comedy showcase. So whatever. We were at his performance one time, and um, this girl, you know, we were all sitting at the table. It was me, him, and a few other people, and. She walked directly up to the table and just, like, lasered in on him, you know? So mm-hmm. she just spoke directly to him. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like the appropriate thing to do would at least would have at least been to address yeah. people at the table. Like, hey, y'all. Yeah. You know, like, I mm-hmm. see that he's not sitting here by, by himself, himself, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I think she should have just, I think it should have, even if you don't verbally, you could, like, like with your posture or yeah. your, um, you know, eye contact, you can at least acknowledge that a person is also standing there. So it's not because if you don't, it, it is aggressive. It is like you don't matter. You know, yeah. what I mean? like I'm. This is this. He matters. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My mom taught me long ago. You, you better not fucking walk into a room. Her words, not mine. You better not fucking <laughs> walk into a room. And of course, in some instances, it's not always the same. And but not speak to everybody. Like don't walk yeah. into somebody's house if you're going to your, your little friend's house. Speak to their parents. Don't just right. which I never would have. Oh my goodness! Not, yes. I have but, to tell my friends, my kids' friends, that all the time. Yeah. Hello. This is not their house. This that is my house. fam. Get, <laughs> oh, and so I. So that 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 way of behavior. To me, because of the way that I was brought up, seems very intentional and dismissive of the other person. Um, hell, and this is very extreme, but even if you was having an affair, you don't just walk up to the person you have an affair with and not address everybody. Like, that's very extreme. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, so much to your example. Like, how the hell do you see a thousand people at this table, but you speak to one? Uh, yeah. it's intentional like it's so so to me i i can only get defensive because I, to me i feel like you did that on purpose yeah yeah that you know I mean? that wasn't an accident like you, you you meant to do that so if you meant to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> hey mm-hmm. which is strange because and then kind of getting a bit of head when you see how tyra's character does the same thing to me it felt a bit more yes. yeah. yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i noticed that when i was watching mm. it yeah again. see that was so Mm. I understand that there was a lot going on. Yeah, there's no way that you don't walk into a room and mm. see who's in the room. You yeah, know what I'm saying so especially at a hospital. Like didn't see her. I think that that was very intentional. Oh man, yeah, that was uh, that was some shit. Um, <laughs> but um, we get uh, Monica being chastised. I guess understandably so for like being a show off during practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and having to stand with her hand up in that uh, kind of layup. Is it layup? I'm not. I don't do good with sports. I think so. Um, yeah. Sure, let's go with that. So, yeah. <laughs> And um, then that's when we get to the uh, to the conversation about how homegirl got pregnant, so that's why you're here. And, again, I like this scene, though it is a negative scene. I like it because we would normally get this with men in a locker room. We would get that right. with any given Sunday or some other sports movie. And it's not exciting to see these two women bumping heads into black women. But at the same time, this is par for the course with a sports film. So yeah. I do enjoy that this was a bunch of women. Cause you don't, I've not seen this past. Like my cousins arguing or some girls fighting <laughs> on the street. Like I haven't. Uh, and it yeah. just added to her doubting herself, which is 
fucked up. I like I like that that they actually that they at that time that they actually gave the reason why you know that girl in particular, but yeah. you know the teammates as well. And yeah. Even even a coach a little bit was behaving towards her the way that they were because mm-hmm. I. It just felt like I mean it could, they could have just left it at okay this is a new girl and maybe f- people feel intimidated yeah um, but I think like you said it added more to the story of her why she had so much doubts about herself and always felt like she needed to be you know so defensive because mm-hmm. she had so much the stakes were like so high you know for yeah. her throughout this whole thing you know what I mean it's always like some type of pressure or whatever or having to prove herself yeah at any given point in the movie so yeah Mm-mm. even to a girl who she didn't even know she was competing with because you right. are essentially competing with the memory of this girl who ended up getting right. pregnant and you don't they, even they, fucking they know letting it you know that she was she was it you know? yeah so now you gotta try to fill her shoes i mean damn <sighs> that shit is terrifying is it but <laughs> i she man I, I hate this for her <laughs> this is ugh. and even a coach like the coach was giving her a hard time yes very very much so and then um i felt like it was more of a lie later on when she was like you think i would ride hard for a person i don't yeah. like or something I'm yeah. like no bitch i'm excuse me no ma'am <laughs> i'm i'm second string i'm your second pick i'm your plan b i'm not even right. so don't right. because i've proven myself now you want to change the story no fam that ain't right. so that, ain't, that wasn't it that was not it. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, keep it. Let's keep it a hundred. Ain't that right? Like you and Jackie say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, one scene I thought was really cute was this next scene where they are they uh, Monica and Quincy are kind of nursing each other's wounds, and they ended up playing basketball and taking their clothes off. Yeah, Every point. Was, uh, you wouldn't think so, but that was a very sexy scene. Yes, it, it, I think it's because. For me, anyways, this is peak blackness where I haven't seen it before. Um, mm-hmm. at the at the time of this film, so and follow me. I'm got. I'm gonna go down a little row here. <laughs> when you see, when I think of movies and TV shows I saw as a kid, it was predominantly white. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. So even when you got to the the college stuff, like Dawson's Creek went off to college and Saved by the Bell to college years and whatever, there was a certain. It was fun. It was laugh tracks and such. And there was a kind of general overview of this is people having fun in college. When you add in the black element, this feels like something that black people... Now, I'm speaking my own experience that black people would have done. This is something that I would have done. Even if it wasn't freaking basketball, it's okay, we both good at chess. Uh, If I win, take your shirt off. You know, so it felt very much like a black thing. Um, so that was, that's my explanation for it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know for me. Um, like I said, just watching it again, maybe because they're both just so attractive. It just, mm-hmm. it was just very, the way it was shot too. And like the things that they were saying to each other, mm-hmm. like I felt it. And you know what? I don't know what their, what their real chemistry was like, but like, yeah. When they kiss, Ooh. like it's very passionate. Like I feel like, yes. damn, would y'all really like into each other? Um, like their kisses were very like steamy. Yes, no, you, I too, me too. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> I I agree. Um, yeah, they they had passion and they were believable. Um, mm-hmm. and that's one thing, and that's how people end up damn having these issues offset. Um, yeah. 
What was it? Wasn't it Lady Gaga and uh, what's the Bradley nigga? How they did that? A Star Is Born and ended up allegedly, I think. Bradley like, Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I think is they had an affair. Okay. <laughs> I was like, woo. Yeah, I can see like if they if they had you know had something popped off after, I could see it because yeah. they're their chemistry and like you know those the the scenes between them mm-hmm. were very believable yeah and and acting is an art and that's an art that you're rehearsing day in and day out i don't know how long it took to film the movie but let's just say a month right. if that is an intense month of rehearsing these lines going back and forth getting lost in those characters yeah i could see how you come out on the other side either having mm-hmm. to be away from this person for a long time or diving right into a relationship because mm-hmm. we've developed something god damn it um right. there the scene that follows is the kind of montage of the usc um news reports and i thought this was interesting i don't know really where to land i don't know what the meaning behind it is but we get the black woman in the suit who's like the news reporter speaking about mm-hmm. uh quincy and monica and she's very calm, 10 p.m. news type of, you know, energy. And we switch directly, well, back and forth between this white guy who's on a court who's, like, giving you used car salesman energy. He's, like, loud, <laughs> yelling. And so I don't know what that means. Mm. I, but there you has really to... pick up on that. That's interesting. Yeah. it's And they're telling the same story. And it may be, if I'm going to, you know, give it a shot, it may be an extension of Quincy and Monica. Monica, if you would just behave and not be so excited, mm-hmm. then people may mm-hmm. take you a bit seriously. Whereas right. Quincy, you can be as showboaty and extreme as you want, and you're still at the same place that Monica is. But, but right. you know, that may be it. It may be me reaching, but yeah, that makes sense though. And just just the difference in how um, it's portrayed in the me- you know in media for one, and mm-hmm. then just how we see things, like or even just even just male and female like basketball mm-hmm. you know or sports period and yeah. like how people you know enjoy it or take it or whatever it's like yeah of course you know um the men's basketball gets like you know what i mean yeah more promo, more whatever. And, you know for the women it's like yeah okay yeah you know? yeah which uh i wish that would change I don't, but whatever i digress oh another thing i want to mention now do, do you can you name any other women's basketball film like outside of maybe Joanna Man and even that was like poking fun at women's basketball not necessarily yeah. embracing it um, not off the top of my head mm-hmm. no. yeah. or not even hmm. no I don't I can't either and I was like okay I remember Joanna Man but that again was a it, it was no, I know they made appearances, right? Like yeah. women's basketball team they'll make appearances mm-hmm. in movies. Um but now that you say that, no, I can't. And then even just the storyline being told as a female like player. Yeah. I don't feel like we see that as much either. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a, you know, like a Sports is her thing, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's just as much as part of the story as as anything else. I don't, yeah. I don't think that we have seen that story told like that often. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is and I and coming from a black film, no, well, let's say a black film, a nostalgic film that I watched with black people as a kid. Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah, I don't even 
think that I've seen a movie um, from a, a white um, women's basketball player's point of view yeah. either. Just not even basketball, just sports. Period, yeah, sports, right? sports, sports at all. About it. Like, it's, I mean, I, we've seen a million films where a guy, sports is their thing. And mm-hmm. they have to decide, I guess, whether, you know, sports are like real life or whatever. That's yeah. how the story, that's how they try to show the story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also, it's like the sports part of it is almost a lot of times just as important as, you know, whatever else. Right. Is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't really think of another story where for a woman with the, yeah, where like sports was like also the thing and trying to decide like whether... You know, I have mm-hmm. to give up other things for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. And listeners, if you guys know of any, please tweet us and let us know. But I don't, I don't, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Mm. This one um, is just racking up like the yeah, <laughs> shit, like it, it's intersection like a motherfucker. Yeah. Um. Also, let me see. Uh, okay, so we get to the bar with um. Quincy and his dad, Zeke, and they're mm-hmm. talking, and Zeke says, they're celebrating his victory, and he says um, something to the effect of, well, my, I don't know if he said your mom wanted me to tell you, or I wanted to tell you before it got out, but yeah. there's some girl running around, she been at parties, and now she coming up saying that she pregnant, and I'm right. like, you, hold up, <laughs> fam, explanation. <laughs> that, you removing all like responsibility from this and you're not even really saying everything and I was like right. fam if you're gonna bring it up to him cause I think um, Quincy said well is it true and he's like what yeah. the fuck how dare you and I'm bro, you I brought so this up upset at that part. I yeah. got so upset that he said that like Quincy says well what do you mean you know what I mean what is what's going on yeah. and he was you know is it true and he was like you got the balls to ask me that yes. and I'm like hold on now <laughs> you brought this up to me nigga <laughs> like Oh man! You dancing around this subject? What do you mean? Do I have the balls to ask you that? Like, what are you even telling me for? If it's if if it's not a possibility, yeah, it's, it's true. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You're right. He definitely tried to remove like all responsibility. Like, oh, sh- there's there's this woman that has been coming around. Okay, well, what does that mean? That's somebody's yeah. been coming around the part at all the parties. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, and and what does it mean? And then also, why are you so? Why are you so aggressive with me? Right. When you could have said, "No, nah, I, I know it ain't my baby. I ain't never fucked her." Right. But she's he, saying he it. So. Led with that, but he didn't. Cause you know you're wrong. You know it's a possibility. But it's and and I, I I get his point of view. Zeke's being like, "Okay, I don't want to let my son down, especially when right. we don't know for sure if it's mine yet." Yeah. But it still is like, nigga, that's life. You you fucked up, and if you feel like I need to know about it, tell me the whole fucking story. Don't half ass yeah. it. Especially the fact that he is an adult at that point, right? Yeah. And, but if you think about it throughout the movie, one of the things that his mom kept saying over and over, like, hey, you know, don't stop, don't be messing around with these fast ass girls. And, you know, these girls are going to be the ones that are going to try to take things, you know, take yeah. them down, you know, just whatever. Yeah. And it's like, so they kept both him, both his parents kept reiterating that to him. So it's like, that's how they viewed it. They viewed it as is the women throwing themselves, which, mm-hmm. you know, damn, now that I think about it, that was just a recurring thing. Like, yep. women throwing themselves at him and he having, like, no no responsibility in yeah. him at all. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Which is fucked 
oh god which is fucked up and it's really sinister when the truth comes out right about zeke and and mom's like courtship it's like mm-hmm. are y'all both are saying the same thing but the meaning is so different behind what both like what are you like are you saying don't be like oh, oh man um, and were they trying to allude that the mom was potentially one of them women? Yeah, because yeah, that's wow. what Zeke said. He was like, "Yeah, you know, um, you know, I love you to death and such such." But um, your mom was I was nineteen when your mama got pregnant, and she knew something. So he was like, "Oh, you trying to say my mom was a hoe?" He was like, mm. "They didn't say those words, but he was right. saying, <laughs> yeah, like if it wow. was up to me, I wouldn't." I think he said she knew I wasn't done messing around or something like that. Right. And I was like, God damn, so he, <laughs> this shit, this shit is extreme. <laughs> um, as someone who was a mama's boy, when, when uh, Quincy sits down with his mom and she's drinking, he's like, yeah, last time you drank, uh, I think he said that Luther died or somebody died. No, not Luther. Um, uh, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Uh-huh. Marvin Gaye died. And, um, and so they get to talking and he was like, um, Pretty much it comes out what the father said. And Quincy kind of jumps on his mom. No, not not, wrong choice of words. He um, gets combative with his mom. Like, all this shit you've been telling me all this time about these girls out there. We just going to go against Pops because of some girl at a party or something. And then she pulls out photos, physical proof. And it's like, nigga, she... (laughs) She, uh, and she, and I like the helplessness or the stress in her voice when she says, out of all the late nights, all the meetings, all the this, 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 and that, and I still needed proof. Mm-hmm. And when you got that proof, it, you can no longer lie to yourself. Right. <sighs> yep. And he couldn't either, right? Because yeah. up until that point, you know, he, he did, um, have that hope in his father. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That that all the things that, that he was a stand up guy and you know, all the things that he had taught him up until that point, you know, he believed it. Yeah. I think both of them though, both his parents though, right? Because his his mother and his father were telling him the same thing essentially. Yeah. yeah. You know? So all of that just kinda came crashing down. Which is, man, again, talk about your world being turned upside down. And this is a point where I felt more for Quincy than I did for Monica. Not to say I didn't care for her, because this doesn't have anything to do with her, but mm-hmm. just the fact that the shit she's dealing with, she still has her sister to fall back on. This yeah. man is an only child, and he's a young black yeah. man, and it's like, where do you... Like, your father would have been the person you could probably open up to, but you right. he's the reason for your pain, so... Right, and you can't go to your mom, because she's she's obviously... Her world has now crashed as yeah. well, right? So yeah, yeah she can't be the one that you lean on Man. so so he does so he tries to lean on who who he does have as the friend yeah uh, monica which let's get right to it um they're on the bleachers he's telling the story and she says to him like we said before you know who who he is doesn't change you know the what'd you say the stories wait oh what well, I, I can't remember something like what he's been to you yeah or that's exactly what he's done doesn't like change yeah. yeah and Monica's kind of looking up at the the clock and she has to go. And Quincy's like, "Why?" He's like, "Well, you know, if if we have curfew, if I don't yeah, make curfew, I can't suit up." Right. How do you feel about this scene? So so this scene, I actually was very very frustrated. Um 
because I felt Monica in this. Like, mm-hmm. I understand what you're going through, and I understand like this is a pivotal point in your life. Yeah. But what you're asking me to do is put your needs ahead of mine, and not just in this moment, but like in my 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 near future as well, right? Because yeah. I'm telling you that if I if I don't go home right now, it's going to affect like my immediate future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Basically saying, so what? Yeah. So what? So what? I want you to stay here with me and face that consequence, even though I know that you know basketball is you know this whole, mm-hmm. this is your thing. This is what you work so hard for. You're finally here. You're getting your chances. Whatever, whatever. So I was very frustrated in that moment because. Mm-hmm. You know, I under, and, and then it's like it hurt me, too, because she was saying, like, she was trying to give him um, other options. Oh, like, well, I was let's bugged. just walk yep. and talk. You yep. know what I mean? Like, let's, like, walk me to, Come to my room. you know, my room so we can talk more. I mean, you know, to my dorm or whatever so we can talk more. Um, she was trying to compromise. Like, I'm still here for you. You know what I mean? But but today is, like, I can't just do this. Yeah. You know? He just wasn't having it. And, and, I mean, I get it. I understand. Like, he was at a a bad point mm-hmm. and, you know you don't care about anything else you need her to be here for you but my thing is like he was making it seem like she was she just wasn't available at all or she just yeah. didn't give a shit yeah or whatever and i just i just got very frustrated with him at that point yeah yeah no i did as well um yeah I, because i felt like in the grand scheme of things like let's say this movie is beat for beat what happened in real life to someone Mm-hmm. With him, his argument being, uh, she's like, "Oh, you act like I wasn't there for you." This is getting a bit of head, and he's like, "Well, um, you wouldn't have, a- you wouldn't have had to ask me to be there yeah. for you, sir. You are a man. You can mm-hmm. miss a game, and I'm sure bounce back. Where she has to ride on this wave of right. notoriety right now, while one, the person who was starting before her is injured. Two, yeah. she's getting more um, eyes on her and more people rooting for her." She can't afford to miss one game. Right. You. In a scene before that, yeah, in a scene like before that, she was telling him like everything that she was going through and how, Mm -hmm. you know, the situation, like everything was on the line for her. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, yeah, he was just being really so. I mean, I don't want to be too hard on him because I, now that you say it, because I hadn't thought about it before, like he really did not have anyone yeah. else to be there for him at that time. Mm-hmm. He really just didn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, she wasn't gone forever. Like, right. It was one night. I could have talked about it tomorrow, the next day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, just sit there and be with yourself for now. Be with your thoughts for now. And then tomorrow, y'all pick this up. Mm-hmm. She wasn't abandoning him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you, you go to the same school. You are physically <laughs> in the same space. And I, I also get that like you said, he's he's stressing. It's just him. You probably don't have anybody to talk to. I 100% get that. But I, And I understand that he's probably a bit more emotional. He is still a young man. Um, but something that I've had to do in my older adult years is to recognize that when I'm immediately upset that something isn't going my way, kind of look at the bigger picture. Yeah, I could be mad because my cousin did this, that, and the third. Well, my cousin also made sure when I was drunk, I wasn't... Mm-hmm. driving home drunk you know mm-hmm. my cousin also made sure that when i was sick um you know he was going to i don't know walmart so this motherfucker picked me up some stuff i like i can't right. take this this moment where i am emotional and be emotional i have to take myself out of it and look at okay what is the context of this is this person actually abandoning me 
am I really even allowed to be upset at whatever the fuck is going on because everything doesn't revolve around me. Even in a relationship, everything doesn't revolve oh, around yeah. me. So, yeah. And I, and I don't know that he would, if the tables were turned, he wouldn't also choose his his self yeah. over her. I, I don't I don't know that to be true. I mean, he you know, later on, like you said, he did make it seem like, well, hey, if the, if the tables were turned, yeah. would, you know, I would have, I always would choose you. You know I what I'm saying? Know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> we don't know. It, it, it never got to that point, but I don't, right. I don't know. If I know. Uh, yeah, so I that was the moment where I was like, oh, shit, this is what I remember feeling terrible about. Yeah, um, and then he starts to just act yeah. totally different after that towards her. And it's because you're in your feelings. And again, something else that I've had to learn to work on is you... It's not fair to the other person, even if they are 100% wrong. It's mm-hmm. not fair for you to silently hate or be, and uh, have animosity towards them right. and not get it out. Because, if right. Nicole, if I'm mad at you because a pod connection in Atlanta two years ago, you didn't say my podcast name right, and I never tell you, <laughs> how fucking silly do I sound being like... Well, I guess she finally know the name of my show. Like, what the hell? You know nothing about this anger that I have towards you. But, and now you're, it's unfair to the both of us because now you're, you, Nicole, in a friendship with me where it's off balance. And then Quincy and, excuse me, and uh, Monica are in a relationship that's fucked up because she's in a relationship with a person who's not even 100% there, but she doesn't know it. Yeah. And she doesn't feel like she she felt like she tried. Yeah. So what more could I have done? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she's feeling like, well, damn, you know, I, I tried. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I gave you some options. You didn't want any of them. You know? Yeah. So now, so what? Yeah. Like what? And she, yes, she gave you, and that's the other thing. She gave you an option. It wasn't like, well, I can't be here. It's like, walk with mm-hmm. me. Come to my room. Let's talk yeah. about this. Like it's, right. and, oh, man. Ooh, communication goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. Um, homegirl, what's her name? Chanique? What is that girl's name? The um girl who broke her ankle or something. She um she gives this advice to uh Monica's like, Well, let me give you advice for next year. Don't let no freshman take your spot. Mm. I was like, mm-hmm. um get out of here. Like <laughs> Neither one of y'all can help that you broke your ankle. Then I got that's right. neither one of y'all are to blame for that. Like, right. what do you mean? Um, and then we see Quincy being very disrespectful to his relationship. Um, he is getting Mia's number before she meets Morris Chestnut. Um, <laughs> from working at the paper. Um, now he gets homegirl's number, and and Monica's understandably like upset. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Yeah, that's that was. Uh, I don't know. He he was he was going through whatever he was going through. Um, I guess trying to make her trying to get her attention. Yeah, is what he ended up saying because she, from what he felt, yeah. she was only focused on herself and <clears throat> um, her her basketball or whatever. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess typical, <laughs> typical, you know, childish behavior where any attention is good attention. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Even like bad. So, yeah. I don't know. 
He yeah. lost me a little bit at that. Yeah, no, same. Because, <laughs> again, I feel like she gave you communication and you gave her the silent treatment and right. kind of disrespect. And um, we're, and this is why uh, another PSA, mental health is very important. Black people go get a therapist and um, talk to somebody, goddammit, because you don't, <laughs> you can't pray everything away. You can't just talk to your homeboys and homegirls about everything and it just be better. Um, we get uh, Quincy at his dorm with his dad there and that's when we get to the, your mama was 19 when we got pregnant. Don't get me wrong. You are the best thing in my life, but she knew I wasn't ready for no marriage. Mm-hmm. But she didn't marry herself either. Right. So, fam, she's not in good hands. Um, <laughs> I, I, I felt, I felt him, um, because I do think that prop, I'm not in the sports realm, and I can imagine it happens more times than not, or at least did back then, where you do trying to be a stand-up guy or whatever, even though you have a partner because you slept with her, you end up having a baby, and now you have to kind of shift your life in a way that you didn't think before, but that's no excuse to then kind of take it out on this woman who you've married, sleep with other women and take it out on your family just get a divorce you know just right. like do yeah. if you open the marriage up if you want to if it's just i mean hell we're in 2019 2020 do that like don't put this person through stress behind the animosity you're holding on to from 19 years ago that ain't got nothing to do with quincy or his mama if you're not communicating that to her that's not her fault right Whew. I- I'm mad, shit. Um, <laughs> exactly. uh, fam. Uh, Quincy ain't trying to hear that. He tell this nigga to get on. I fuck you, mm-hmm. dad. I ain't trying to hear none of that shit. And ultimately, we come to a scene that was also equally as heartbreaking. Where, and they fucked me over. This movie did. Monica walks to Quincy's dorm room. This is probably the next day. And she speaks to his roommates. Uh, this is after her game. She talks to Quincy. She's like, hey, you want to have my gang? He's like, yeah, you know, I had a meeting. Something that his dad used to say. And um, he was like, did you win? They had this very beautiful moment. Like, yeah, I won. And, you know, such and such. He getting dressed. Only to walk to the front door and another woman, Mia, shows up. Mm. How, that, how do you have the nerve? How do you have the balls to talk to me like like his daddy said? How do you? I don't know, fam. I don't how. That was so. I, I thought that that was a little bit out of his character too, because Very. I mean, he was playful with her a lot of times, like even from when they were younger. And, mm-hmm. You know, when they were in high school, and he, um, Gabrielle's character, kind of said, "I didn't know Nike made dresses." Or whatever. Mm-hmm. He. You know, he didn't check her. He just kind of laughed, you know. So it was kind of the running thing to, you know, kind of make fun of Monica. You know, whatever the Mm -hmm. case may be. But that right there just seemed a little bit out of his character. And I guess it was because, um, you know, of whatever he was going through. And maybe they were trying to hint at, you know, oh, yeah, all this time you were trying to um, be like your father. You know, you really are like him. Or, you know, just whatever. I don't know. Um, I just thought that that was a little outside of his character i agree i agree it it didn't seem it didn't seem like right and then i mean when he kind of gave the explanation of so like why he was doing that Mm -hmm. i was like "Eh, okay yeah that fell apart for me yeah i all i can say is hurt people hurt people but Mm -hmm. you're hurt behind something that she did that she didn't even know she did 
Right. You didn't give her the chance to, because she's thinking everything is all good, and you, you, yeah. you have this. I don't think hmm. that she, I don't, he didn't, to me, he didn't do a good job of, and I guess if you're that angry, maybe you can't, mm-hmm. of explaining that, like, you know, this, I need you right here, right now, and if you're not here right now for me, it, it means, it means, it's going to mean so much more to, like, our relationship. I think that if she knew that it was going to be that serious. Yeah. Maybe she would have took the chance. I'm yeah. Not saying that she should have, mm-hmm. but maybe she would have took the chance to like you know break curfew, whatever, whatever. If she mm-hmm. knew that it was like you know ultimatum type of thing, but he, mm-hmm. she didn't know that. You and know what that's I mean? a problem. Yeah. And I can't even get behind him with that because we've grown up next door to each other. So mm-hmm. separate from our relationship, you know me, and I know yeah. you. And maybe you think I should know you well enough that I need to be here, but that doesn't. Excuse the fact that you need to open your goddamn mouth then, which, and and not even in that moment, but after the fact, because you're still holding on to this anger, you need to be able to come and say, look, I'm very mad at what you did. I understand why you did it. And it's probably selfish of me to think that you would have stayed with me, but I'm very mad. You're allowed to have your feelings. Yeah, I'm hurt. Mm -hmm. I think it would have just been okay for him to say like, yo, I was really hurt. Yes, I did want you to make that choice that night. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Instead of holding on to that. Yeah, yeah. They oh, they go through a lot of shit. And ultimately, when, when they have their next conversation, and he say, I was going with her to get your attention. I took her to Burger King and whatnot, all that. Mm-hmm. And they end up breaking up. Well, he breaks up with her. And it's like, damn, she can't win for losing. Shit. Yeah, it was so immediate. Like, it was real. He just made, like, I don't know. I think... Um... I think that thing with his father, that whole incident with his father, mm-hmm. you know, like like I said, like it kind of shattered his world. I, yeah. I, like literally, you know what I mean? Like everything changed for him because mm-hmm. of that. Um, and later on, he alludes to like, you know, trying to be like his father or something yeah. like, or not trying to be like something like that. They allude to. But I think that that really affected him a lot more than, you know, the people around him were yeah. expecting. Yeah, which is understandable. This is the man you've been trying, you know, to emulate your whole life. I want to play for the Clippers like him and whatever mm-hmm. else. So I, I get that. But, man, I I just can't get past the fact that no matter what happens in your life, you there's certain things that still need to be handled. And it's like you still have to go to work. Now, you may get bereavement time off if someone passed away, right. but you're expected to come back to work. Um, kind of bringing up my own experiences again. Uh, my mother has passed a few years now, but if I'm at work and I'm speaking to an older black woman, sometimes that really hits me hard. Yeah. And we ain't gonna be talking about shit. It could just be, yo, baby, what you do this weekend? And right. I have to really check myself. And it's not because I'm about to break down in front of them, but I'm also at work. So right, right, I need right, to be right. able to maneuver in a way that do I got to go to the bathroom and shed a tear? Do I need to go out to the car? Like, what do I need to do? Um, so yeah, uh, this is, this is, it's, it's not black and white, man. This is some shit. Um, we go to the fourth quarter where Monica's now in Spain. She's playing in Barcelona. Um, no, wait, now is she playing a game in Spain and live in Italy or did the other girl live in Italy? I think the other girl lived in Okay. Okay. She was, when she said like, um. These Italy men love us. I thought she, oh, yeah. she was talking about like her experience. Yeah, no, no, that's right. Um, I love this movie off the aesthetic alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the closing, the clo- clothing, clothing, um, 
what we see is Monica come out of her apartment and like running, but she has like a Walkman on and these yeah. like oversized. Even though she plays basketball, that's something that I remember people wearing when I was yeah. younger. I just and her hair, her yeah. hairstyle was very um, oh. accurate for that. I had that hairstyle <laughs> during that time, so it was very accurate. Yes, yes. Oh man, I just if nothing alone, just the aesthetic of the movie. Especially when they get to the '90s, I I loved it. God, this big ass gym bag. <laughs> I, oh man! So um, she gets um, some little, some little kids get the her uh, autograph. She goes to the stadium, and her coach is giving this like badass victory speech in Spanish. And I love that they didn't translate it. I I can't speak Spanish fluently, but I like that. If you want to know what the fuck this man is saying, you better get the transcripts if you don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I love right. that. Um, and at the end of it, she goes over to one of her teammates. She's like, what did he say? <laughs> and she's yeah. like, pass the ball to you. That was such <laughs> a... Uh, I love it. I, I think it was also meant to show that um, she was out of place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I and again going back to my little fan fiction, it would be nice to even see her for an episode in Spain. Like, how do you adapt a black woman? It was it called an expat, where mm-hmm. you're in another space with a particular job. You know, she plays basketball, but what happens when you're not on the court? How right. do you maneuver, especially yeah. not speaking Spanish? You know. Right. Oh man. Um. We meet uh, Cedra, Cedra, that's her name, Cedra, Cedra, the girl who she was kind of at odds with, and uh, I like their relationship, this friendly, not, I don't want to say frenemy, but this like friendly banter where it's, Mm -hmm. oh, we gonna, my team gonna whoop your ass, but ultimately, the shit that happened in the past does not affect, we still can go out for dinner, we still can be cool. Right. Man. We weren't like enemies, enemies. Yeah. Yeah, it was just unfortunate. I think it showed that both of them had grown a lot in those, what was it, five years? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they had grown a lot. And, hell, we don't know what happened with Sidra, but even her story was wrapped up pretty nicely where, yeah, she got hurt, but she ultimately ended up in a space where she loved. She had no plans on going back to America. Yeah, they were sitting at the dinner and talking. And, she, you know, she asked her, like, do you ever think about going back or mm-hmm. whatever? And she's like, for what? Like, yeah. I'm a star here. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I get treated well. Yeah. Like, no. And the Italian <laughs> men love us. And then she was like, homegirl, a tall chick. She was like, yeah, she works at an office building back home. And I'm like, damn. That, that so many people can relate to that. Like, moving away from your small town to this larger city, trying to make it. And it's like... You'd go so far as to be homeless before trying to go back home to make your dreams a reality. Like, right? Oh, I felt that, man. I felt that. Um, yeah. So they have their dinner and they talk and they kind of you know catch up and stuff. And uh, it is it, it was cute. I liked it. Um, I think it was a good kind of end to Sidra's story. We didn't need to see yeah. her again. I think that was perfect. Uh, but then we get. Monica in her apartment watching uh, Family Matters in Spanish alone. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like, damn, this is, what's, is this worth it? Is the cost of being a celebrity worth me being alone? Right, away from everything, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. mm, mm, mm. With a high-ass phone bill, like, is that what I'm playing for is to pay my phone bill? 
So they never went into like why she was overseas, though, right? Well, they they didn't, but I think because I knew a few people, uh, guys and girls in high school, who played basketball, and they didn't. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly. They didn't go to the pros here in America, but they played overseas. Like that's a like that's the thing. I think um, this guy who I graduated with, I think he still to this day is in like not Spain. Frank, he's somewhere, but he's playing. So I don't. They didn't give the exact reason, but it may have been her WNBA career. Maybe wouldn't have taken off. I don't know. I don't know. I'm grasping at straws because I don't think they did give a reason. Okay, I just thought that was interesting that they made that part of the story. Yeah, yeah, but I, th- I think a lot of players do that, um, do go off and play in those Euro leagues and stuff. Um, soon after, we get Quincy playing for the Lakers, like he planned on, and took a shot, came down, and broke his fucking leg. No, no, tore his ACL. And uh, after that, we get good old Daddy Allstate showing up to the hospital, and this is where his mother. This is why I talk about the evolution of wigs. It looks like she had the same type of I don't know hair. Maybe it was mm-hmm. just short, but I love that you can clearly see this woman in this scene is very different from the woman we got from 1981. Right. right. I like that, yeah. man. Oof. Shoot. Um. So yeah. So she has a new boo. To the fact that. Um, Mm-hmm. There was a divorce. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're no longer together, which should have happened sooner. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they seemed, they weren't friendly at all, but it wasn't, I don't know. Um, it wasn't terrible because they could mm-hmm. still speak to one another. Um, right. But Father Zeke walking into the room, Quincy still wasn't trying to hear nothing he was talking about, really. <laughs> he laid up with a broke leg. He still is like, nah, I don't. But one thing I do like is that in all his flaws, the father had always, from the start, been focused on Quincy having a good education and being more than him. Yeah. He he yeah, knew that true. basketball did not have to be the be-all, be end-all for him. Right. Yeah, I like that part, too. Um, yeah. Even though you see, like, you know, that, that it has been... Um, it afforded us this lifestyle or whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean? Like that's not the only thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I, I this scene made me think of, and I, I know I'm gonna sound like a stand, but it makes me think of um, <laughs> Beyonce and her kids, and even any celebrity with kids, where it's like you don't necessarily have to follow my footsteps. I was thinking like just a day ago, like what if Blue Ivy just became a doctor, and not just like that's <laughs> nothing, but like what if she was a doctor, and then her uh, siblings were like. I don't know, a race car driver and a principal of a school. Like, not to right. say that isn't important because that's not what I'm saying, but it's like you have these high expectations because this person is, like, in the in the lifestyle, but yeah. that's not always how it... it hell, um... Uh, don't... Shit, who is it? It's somebody who has a brother who I think is, like, a plumber. Some singer... But all that being oh, really? said, I, I, I can't remember. I feel like it's a woman, but I can't remember if, like, their brother was a plumber. Was, like, mm-hmm. you know, just a, not just, because that's dismissive, but is a plumber. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's so interesting to me. And I and I like, again, no matter all, this is why I said this movie is so good, because in all the bullshit that he done, Zeke, the father, 
you can't deny that this was his through line. My son is more than basketball. Yeah, he can be greater right. than just basketball. So, oh man. Yeah, and I think uh, you know he was wrestling with his own uh, imperfections and stuff like that too. And it's like, yeah, you know, you held me in this high regard as your father, but like I'm only human. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm only mm-hmm. human, and I messed up. Yep. But it's also like you know they kind of like like you see in that scene is five years later they're both still holding on to that. You know? mm-hmm. they, they obviously have not forgiven him yeah. at all. You know, yeah. for his transgressions. So I mean, yeah, that's kind of hard for him too, because yeah. you know, hey, that was that was what his life was too. He messed up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like, it's five years later. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I think it's even worse because if I'm reading the movie correctly, that baby ended up not even being his. Really? I don't think because he's it never because I think when they argued in the dorm room, he was like, "Yeah, something about the kid." And he, uh, that kid might be minus something. And he was like, "Well, good for him," you know. Mm-hmm. Oh God! What did he say? But I, I just feel like you—you you went through all this shit, all this fucking around, and then the one time that you could have possibly had a kid is not yours, and you still lost your family. Right. Right. And you, right. Right. Mm. Right. Right. But because, but be, the thing was, like the infidelity. Period. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, yeah. certainly. Yeah. I yeah. get that. I get it. Oof. Oh, good. Good luck, Zeke. <laughs> um, Tyra. So. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> Monica walks in with flowers for Quincy. He in the bathroom. He come out and you know they do their little friendly hello, mm-hmm. um, which felt like she was she was just on the verge of saying something to him. The whole scene that never came out, right. and then Tyra from Life Size comes in because that's exactly what she <laughs> acted like. I said, "Who is this? I what's what's your how are you feeling about this scene? This oh, uh, I mean I got it." I feel like I got it. I feel like they portrayed her character the way they did to be the opposite of Monica. Yeah. Once again, right? Yeah. And, you know, more like Monica's mother. Yeah. Or yeah. even Quincy's mother, actually. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, <clears throat> so it's like, again, he's, you know, it's that... that just that, Just everything is the opposite of her and her fitting into... Um, that mold, yeah. and I mean, to me, it felt like the only that was the reason why she came back is because she saw that you know he was hurt. Or yeah, whatever. and he definitely could have led with my wife is on the way or something like that. Say right? that, fam. <laughs> oh god. So his wife. So she just the wife comes in and like we said earlier, doesn't even acknowledge Monica at first. Yeah. Um. You know, so she's talking to him, and I think, like you said too, like she was maybe on the verge of, you know, saying something, but then interrupted again, and um, just coming to the realization that, like, yeah, it's been it's been five years that you've been gone. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like his life is different now. And, mm-hmm. Um, maybe you had your head in the clouds, but like life was happening. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just because you show back up, I mean, you know. It, it was almost kind of like, well, what did you expect? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, what did you expect? But then again, he was kind of teasing too, because he's saying like, oh, you know, I did try to reach out to you. And, yeah, yeah. You know, da 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 da. So uh, I don't know, but they kind of played that back and forth type of thing, like. And they did it well. Oh, I love you, but I don't really love you. You know, they yeah. did that for like the whole movie. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good lord, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Which leads to the scene with her mother, um. 
which was interesting uh, for a few reasons. The one immediate reason is that her mother had already met Tyra Banks' character at a right. barbecue that Quincy's mom had a few weeks prior. Right. And But with the nature of their relationship, I don't see why her mom would have been like, oh, well, you know, Quincy, and get, like, I don't see why she would have brought that up. That doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. So I feel like Monica was upset. <sighs> Rightfully she, so, but not for the. Go, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. So she, I just feel like she felt like, I don't know. I think, I think, like I said before, just her only focusing on herself. So it's like, did you not give any thought to how mm-hmm. you know everybody else's life may have changed? Mm-hmm. It was almost like she didn't even think about the fact that he could have somebody else mm-hmm. in the five years that mm-hmm. she's been gone. Five. It just kind of didn't make sense. But, mm-hmm. hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, I agree. And then when you come back, like there weren't phones um, or even like, were you not even talking to your sister about him? Like, man, I wonder right. how's Quincy doing? So she could say, oh, well, I didn't want to tell you, but you know, like, then we find out that Alfred Woodard's character would have, well, had aspirations to be a caterer. Uh-huh. And um, Sanaa was so upset at her. And it, at first I was like, Monica, what is your problem? How are you met? But then she goes into, um, you were never at my games. Yeah. And how that hurt me. But then her mom was like, well, you know, your dad and your sister and everybody was at them games. You didn't really want me there, which was like, the hurt goes both ways. Maybe she felt like, like she said, you were embarrassed of me because yeah, I was a prissy right. stay-at-home right. mom. Man. Yeah, that part was deep. When they had that little talk, that was deep. Mm. Um, I really I really felt that because um, as an adult, you know, things are different. You can talk to your parents about things that you couldn't talk to them about mm-hmm. or you wouldn't have even understood, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, my my mother and I have had, you know, that type of conversation as I became, you know, a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's just different. You know, you can see things differently. And as an adult, you can tell your parents, you're able to, you know, elaborate more on how you felt yeah. at the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for her to say, no, nah, it, it actually did matter that you weren't there. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that sports or whatever isn't your thing, but it was more about being there for me. Yeah. You know I mean, and I, and I wish you were there for me. And, Mm-hmm. You know, when the mom um, brought back up that, that, you know, that when she had to dance and mm-hmm. um, she felt like she was beautiful. And what I meant to say when we first talked about it is like when when uh, Monica, when she said, you know, you're beautiful and Monica said, you really think I'm beautiful? Mm-hmm. Like that right there should have shown the mother that that was like a vulnerable moment. And yeah. Like, as, as your daughter, no, no, I don't feel that. I don't feel that yeah. from you. Right? You don't tell me that enough or, you know, whatever the case may be. So as she's older, she's able to say that, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. you know? So this is how I was feeling. And yes, I, I do wish that you would have showed up more for me in this way or yeah. you know, just whatever the case may be. Yeah, I, I think that was expertly done because I've had some of those same conversations with my mom. Not the exact same as uh, Monica and her mom, but having those reflective conversations of when I was a kid, this is this and that happened and being able to kind of go back and forth and some conversations ended in tears and some were just like, "Ooh, we was crazy, huh? So I I like that. I'm glad we are here at this place today. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. So again, another thing that I don't, and again, there may be examples out there, but I can't recall outside of 
something being like extremely traumatic, mm-hmm. these kind of conversations happening between black women or black yeah. parents and their children on screen. Right. I think that they handled it um, very well. It wasn't combative. It mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, it was just like a regret, you know, a little remorse there. And then also um, just coming to terms with things. And, you know, Monica kind of came in a little bit selfish at first. But, yeah. You know, she could see that like, hey, you know, the mom starts talking about all the sacrifices that she made and this and this and this. And you know, I felt like you were ashamed of me. And, you know, so the heart to heart was definitely needed. Yeah. Um, and I think that they both kind of came to a better, um, a better place, mm-hmm. you know, after, because of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that felt and good. she had to read her a little bit, too. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, you're not perfect either. You know what I'm saying? True, true. <laughs> I love that. God, Lee, seeing these black, again, because I watch so much media where I have to search for the black women or be like mm-hmm. okay can i really enjoy this or five seasons of this shit when there's no black women who i um ended up watching bates motel and because i was so interested in the story i didn't realize there were no black women until season five the last season it mm-hmm. fucked me clean up i didn't oh but whatever um yeah so spoiler alert for bates motel no black women <laughs> Uh, shit. So, we get uh, Quincy and Monica. You know, Quincy getting ready to be married in two weeks. He's uh, going through physical uh, rehab. for Nope, yeah. physical therapy. That's what that is. Rehab for his knee, uh, for his torn ACL. Uh, Monica now has a job at the bank with her father. Um, and they're existing on the fringes of each other's lives. And we get Monica with Lena and her mom and her new niece who uh, they're sitting down for tea or some shit. And this is where I say Lena is such a good character. Even when she was annoyed by her mom who kept poking um, poking her, that baby need a coat, that baby need a coat. It still was like, oh, that's my mama. Okay. And talking to the baby like, let's go because your grandma talking all right, this right, mess. Right, right, right. And you got to think, you know, they show what Monica's life has been. But as we say, they don't really show what Lena's life has been for the past five years and mm-hmm. she's obviously still there local with the parents you know what I mean? yeah. so like kind of dealing with them and you know just just whatever that mm-hmm. dynamic is yeah um I love it I love God Lena I love it mm-hmm. and I even love this scene where um this scene the part of the scene where after the conversation in the kitchen Monica and her mom are sitting down her mom's like look um I um uh, I may have been a little prissy but I admire you. Um, mm-hmm. You, what did she say? Like, not tenacity, but you, you, you went after what you wanted. And yeah. when I said that Quincy could have done better, I was talking about you. Right. It's like, damn, mom. Damn. <laughs> that was so right. touching. Um, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I like that. I like that because it's showing that... Um... You know, you may have felt this way about me or felt like I didn't, you know, care or whatever, whatever. But mm-hmm. like, I, but th- these are the things that I respect about you. you yeah. Know what I'm saying and she, you know, she needed to hear that, obviously, because that put a fire under her. Yeah. And a fire that led her to next door. And she told Quincy, look, motherfucker, I've always loved you since I was 11 years old. And mm-hmm. 
you we need to do something about this and i like the argument that they have which is Quincy's like you you're selfish you can't just do yeah. this shit two weeks before i get married and he was like well i should have did that two weeks ago huh and i'm like fam no it's the same <laughs> i also think that it was special i guess maybe that mm-hmm. they she never they've never shown her with anybody else really other than the prom you know that dance yeah yeah other than that she just literally had no other interest yeah than quincy Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I was thinking, even in Spain, like, you ain't find one right. uh, other black expat or, or other race, whatever, float your right. boat. Nobody else who would have been into you? Or, oh, no, no, let me not say that. Nobody else you would have had a connection with? Right. Um, well, I guess that sticking in line with, you know, what she said. Like, it's just been you since I was 11. Yeah. You, it's just you. And I've, I've, I've not been that type. I have... Probably an ex or two where I'm like, damn, we probably could have would have really went somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so this line of thinking was very foreign for me, even as an adult watching it. Not to say it's not legitimate, but I was like, oh, I just, I, I can't connect to that. Yeah. Um, I can see if you're an adult and you get married and you're happily in love and it's like, oh, honey, it was just you, but that, oh, I've loved you since I was eleven. I, I just personally, that's foreign to me. Yeah. Um, so even when they got to playing basketball for for his heart, even as an adult watching this last night, I had to be like, okay, take yourself out of it because we, you know, that this isn't like you. So because yeah. I was like, why is she this motherfucker finna get married? Why is she do? But I was like, okay, <laughs> but like, girl, but yeah. So I don't I don't know I don't know how how you feel about that uh, uh playing for ten for your heart. Um, a little. Horny, but <laughs> I understand how it goes with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it just kind of goes in line with what I said. And then also, if you think about it, her all her steps were pretty um, like ordered, right? It's yeah. not like like let's say me for example. It's not like you know after I, high school I moved somewhere else, and you know now I have a new life. Or like in college, like she went to college and he they had literally just started their relationship, so yeah. she didn't even get to mm-hmm. you know date other men or you know go somewhere mm-hmm. and meet other people and have other like it literally was just basketball and Quincy yeah. and that was like really just her whole experience so mm-hmm. I can kind of understand her I can kind of understand that you know like this is the one person that and then things everything was going good for you as far as you were concerned yeah he was the one that cut things off you know what I'm saying so yeah. that's not what you wanted to do mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so it's like she kind of been holding on in waiting, maybe not literally, but like you know, yeah. her heart definitely just kind of waiting, you know. And you could tell when when she saw that he had got hurt, and her, her immediate reaction yep. was just to end everything Fly that home. she had going on and go back. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and then him too. It's like even when his wife came in. Well, when he saw, when she came, you could see how elated he was to see her again and, you know, whatever, whatever. So, you know, he was kind of still holding on to those feelings. And I think some people do have just like that one true love, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, maybe rare, but I guess it does happen. Yeah. And I I mean, I was all for it. Like I said, I mean, representation is key. There are some people out there like that. It was just so shocking to me. Um, and though this was a bit corny, <laughs> when he won and was like pushing her away, she turned to walk and he was like, 
double or nothing. I was like, oh, nigga, that's, oh. Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I don't think he wanted anyone else either. You yeah. Know, like we like we said previously, that thing that the whole thing that he did was more for show. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think if she would have pushed, um, or maybe acted like she cared a little bit more, mm-hmm. maybe it wouldn't have went that far. Yeah. But I don't think he really wanted anybody else. Either. Yeah. I can agree. I can agree. And you know, talking up the you know bullshit that they did as kids. So mm-hmm. that right. was that. Um, so we end with them assumably married with a child. Yeah. And that is, oh, that, I was with that. She was back in, no, no, she was in the WNBA in America. WNBA, right. And he was on the sidelines with her. And I like that we got, I think for me, because I'm not a diehard sports fan, this movie gave me. I watched the movie, but I felt like I watched it in like an alternate universe where Sanaa Lathan's character would have been a male and Omar Epps' character would have been a woman mm-hmm. because of the way, like the, the steps that they took, everything. It just seems like a lesser movie would have switched genders and made um, the woman be like a cheerleader or like, you know, I feel like it, yeah. it would not have handled yeah. it as well. Right. Um, man. But I think that that, kind of like we've been saying from the beginning like that was intentional because from the from the beginning of the movie they show you that um she is not the one that's going to be making sacrifices right i mean she is going to put her dreams her career her goals whatever first and Mm -hmm. it's not going to be compromised you know just for a relationship yeah she she stayed true to that until you know the end where she just couldn't anymore you know what i mean like yeah as much as she, um, basketball was her passion. I mean, you know, this love too, you know what I mean? So Whew. in the end she got, she got both. She didn't have to compromise, which I thought was an amazing. And, um, you know, to the, to the little bit of lessons that they were kind of sprinkling through, like she was able to get both things. She didn't have to give it up. Yeah. Give up one thing like her mom, like her mom had to give up, you know, being a caterer or whatever, whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's 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 a happy ending if I've ever saw one. Hell, mm-hmm. she got everything that she fucking wanted. Um, fuck. So with this movie, let me see if you if this movie shares, <laughs> and this is my nerd shit coming in. If this movie shares a space with any other TV show or movie, like a shared universe. What do you think, like, what other black films or or even just films at large or TV shows probably would be in the same timeline of this movie? Like, feels very grounded in, in real life with this film. Mm, I don't know. I would have to, I would have to think about that <laughs> more. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good question, though, but I don't want to give a surface answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um... I don't know because I, hmm, yeah, I don't want to give a surface <laughs> answer because a part of me feels like, like I said before, in watching it again and in critiquing it and talking to you about it, um, my level of like respect for yeah. it has gone up, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then there's th- certain things that we pointed out that we keep saying like, hey, have we ever even saw this? Before? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like there are a lot of things that I didn't realize before that made it unique or like stand alone like right. there, there is no comparison maybe yeah. to it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. no, so okay i, don't know. That, I think I, that's I, fair I have to revisit that. that's fair 
Um, okay, how about this? Another fun question. If you, Nicole, could re replace one of the characters in the film with yourself, who would it be? Maybe not the sports aspect of yeah. it, because um, I, you know, I don't. Sports is just definitely not my thing. Yeah. Um, but I related to her a lot on a lot of different levels, especially like the, the compromising part, because mm -hmm. I feel like you know women are just expected to do that. That's just the norm. We're expected to compromise, um, in in all areas of our life. Yeah. You know I mean, and especially like, um, career. Mm. Um, and then you know, like I said, I. I um, related to her on like the the temper part of it, yeah. You know what I mean, and being passionate and people, you know, saying that you're you're emotional or you're like you're doing too much or mm -hmm. whatever. I also related to her, um, you know, being vulnerable about like actually just letting yourself love. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's yeah. kind of a contention for me in my in my life as well. Like just just let it be, just mm -hmm. let it happen. You know what I mean. You don't have to. It doesn't mean that you're somehow defeated, you know what I mean? Because you let somebody, like, love you or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? So. No, yeah. No, no, I agree. Um, I would probably do the same, but with Quincy, only because we, from that the childhood scenes, a lot of that I saw within myself. And yeah. though he did some shitty things, he came <laughs> out on the other side, like, knowing himself better and ultimately yeah. being like what his father said, being more than just basketball. You have right. your family. Um, I'm going to assume he went back to school because they had yeah, this thing right. where he right. said, I want to go back to school. I want to get my degree. So I think um, his arc of like being the golden child, then being with this girl, being separated, then your father fucking up your family, and then having to kind of make a choice between him and your mom, and then finding this woman, but then never stop loving the one before i just i feel like he had a very complicated story that wasn't as on display as monica's but i would i would i would like to live out his story just to see like what decisions could have been made differently and are we ultimately going to end up in the same spot like right. i would i would go with quincy um yeah shit oh man okay um so let me see i had another question or two uh, okay so with this movie do you think that in the larger black pantheon lexicon of like nostalgic or solid movies have you which I, we've talked about it but have you raised this higher on your list and like what would it be in the top 20 maybe top five maybe top 50 like where would you rank this um, movie I would say, ooh, uh, I'd give it maybe top 20. Okay, okay. Yeah, top 25. Yeah, I, think, I do that. I think and if fair. I thought about it a little bit more, you know what I mean? I could be a little bit more accurate, mm -hmm. like, like compare it to others or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm just impressed with the fact that watching it again, I really, you know, missed a lot of things for one, and but two, um, I don't know, it just, it just changed. I guess watching it 10 years later, however long mm -hmm. it's been. Which, which probably is a testament to the movie, right? Yeah, like if yeah. you can watch it 10 years later um, and get all these jewels from it and, you know, appreciate it more and respect it more. Mm -hmm. um, so it definitely moved up on in the rankings for me. Definitely, 100%. Yeah, same. Um, I'm doing this thing where as I get 
more episodes of this CBN movie night under my belt. I think I want to rank the films, not in this is the all-time greatest list, but just the films that I have. So I've started off with House Party uh, with Cole Jackson of Gummy Name Podcast. Second up was School Days um, with Tanae Talks of Tanae Talks Podcast. And then the third one was Brother to Brother with Marcus Hayes. A uh, wonderful nerd, author, Afrofuturist writer, all of that. And I'm like, I don't I don't know that I could rank them. I could rank them in a list, like one, two, three, four, five, but I don't know if I could really rank them because the impact from each one is so different. Yeah. And adding right. this one to the list, it's like the black experience throughout these four films is varied. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to rank these damn films. Yeah, they are very different. They they give different things. You know, they 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 give you different things. Also, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. this, like I could be watching this movie and get something from it. You know what I mean. And then somebody else could watch it and get something totally different. Or like we was just saying, like the characters that we relate to. Like somebody else could have watched this movie and really related to. Um, to Alfred Wood's character, yeah. you know what I mean. So they feel, you know, so, so I, I don't know. I, I appreciate that though. That like each character held their own and um, was relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Like we said, even the side characters felt very mm-hmm. important for the story, even though we didn't get as much of them as others. So, right. oh man, kudos to this story. Um, <laughs> shit. Okay. Um, well, hell. Uh, let these folks know where they can find you and support you online uh, and whatever project. Oh, uh, if you could speak about a pod connection as well, if you want, uh, kind of bring put some of that in there too. Sure, sure. Um, let me thank you again first though for having me on. This has been great. Like I really enjoyed this. I'm just saying, like we've been talking for like two hours, but it yeah. doesn't even feel like it. Right, um, right. So this has been a great exchange, and I really appreciate it. Um. But yeah, so I'm Nicole Banks. Um, you guys can follow me on all social media at Miss Nicole Banks, M.S. Nicole Banks. Um, I am the founder of A Pod Connection. Um, a Pod Connection is a network of, um, I say mostly black um, podcasters, <laughs> and we kind of just try to give opportunities and shed light on, um, you know, novice and some um, expert podcasters in the game. Um, we I for the most part we kind of offer events with just podcasts to kind of get together and you know just network and brainstorm and stuff like that um the fourth annual pod excellence weekend is coming up in october we're going to be in miami miami so if you are a podcaster of color please um, follow a pod connection on twitter a pod connection on instagram and kind of just get whatever updates there uh, we're going to be focusing on the pod excellence awards so you know to stay up to date um, you know, get yourself in the running or just vote for your favorite podcaster. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be um, very impactful in the podcast community. Yes, so, indeed. yeah, I'm also um, the co-host of Let's Keep It 100, myself and my wonderful co-host, I'm Just Jackie. It's a, a webcast, interactive webcast that we do. We're on hiatus right now, but we're going to be coming back um, sometime in January. And you can find us on uh, YouTube, we go live on YouTube or live on Twitter or live on um, Periscope, and it's Let's Keep It One Hundred. Yes, indeed. And so, all those show notes, uh, all those links, rather, will be in the show notes. A pod connection stuff, um, Keep It One Hundred, Nicole stuff specifically. 
Um, I'm going to remember to put Kennedy Simone's link in there as well for those of you who may yeah. be interested in checking her out. And um, thank you. Thank you for coming on. I do appreciate it. Like, this has been an amazing conversation, stellar uh, ideas and such. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, y'all, uh, remember to use the hashtag CBN Movie Night when you're listening to this show and others in the series. Um, I also want you to use the hashtag to vote on future episodes of CBN Movie Night. If there's a, a movie that you just know you want to hear me and a guest discuss, mm-hmm. hell, if you want to come on and discuss some shit, do that. Um, Twitter, Carefree Blurred, all other social media, Carefree Black Nerd. Check out the shows before and after this one in the feed. I'm not sure what those are at the moment, but uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you again, Nicole, for coming on. And uh, make sure y'all follow them links. Check out the Pod Connection. Uh, vote in the Pod Excellence Awards. Check out uh, just keeping it 100. Beautiful content coming from this wonderful woman and everybody involved. And uh, shit, that's it. So until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and stay communicating with your lovers so that you don't go five years and find out that they're married to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> shit. All right, y'all.